Alright, so I will uh Tay Wadata What'd you say? Ba wada ba I said Sarate Wadata, which is something that I used to say with uh, some old bandmates oh, always yeah. and they they watched this movie, I think it was called like Pootie Tang or whatever. I've heard of it. And they they said that phrase was in it. Okay. So whenever there was just kind of uh <laughs> You would just say it whenever you were just kind of going to mumble something uh, or or something to that effect. It's just something to fill space. Man, I kind of like whatever, that now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if it's the correct thing. I, they uh, <laughs> they often got things wrong. So yeah, that's awesome could, though. Could entirely fabricated. Yeah, it's like but, uh, yeah. the telephone game is like completely changed. And if you told someone that was a fan of Pootie Tang, they'd be like, "That's not in that movie." And you're like, "Well, I don't know. That's how I heard it. I've never seen the movie." <laughs> nope, and I never will. So. I mean, it's not what I'm going to go run out to see. Yeah, uh, or search for, search for online <laughs> at all. Say, you, <laughs> you go to the theater. <laughs> Demand the Pootie Tang. <laughs> so that's not how it works. I want to watch Pootie Tang. <laughs> so you're drunk. Get out of here. Are you guys Redbox or not? <laughs> this is Cinemark. It clearly it says Cinemark everywhere. <laughs> um, okay, and then. Um, uh, after you do the we're doing it and you do your introduction, I'll go through the rest of that little block until we get to the sponsor. And then okay. Ryan House, kick it over to you. So, okay, I'm doing it, Steven, then you got it, and then you roundhouse yep. kick it to me. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Sarate <laughs> Wadata, Steven. Sarate Wadata. Awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> all right so are we we're all, are we, we're already recording <laughs> we're doing it right now are, yeah. so we should just I go into it. your throat and i was like okay i guess we're gonna start recording <laughs> then i totally forgot we, we already were so this whole pootie tank conversation is, it, is on display it derailed a little bit uh the rest of it but i kind of like it so uh, i think i think we're doing it and i'm steven <laughs> i'm brent welcome to let's talk about stuff uh, today's show topic mm. is, it's kind of a twofer. We're going to discuss Iron Man 3 and then also Thor The Dark World. So we'll have that coming up a little bit later. Before we jump into all that, Stephen, who is today's sponsor? Uh, so listen, this is really cool. Um, I actually just got this emailed over, so I haven't read this ad copy yet. So, uh, oh, great. You know, it, it's going to be a little iffy going through here, but that's okay. So let's just get through it. <clears throat> Do you worry about falling down? Have you previously injured your hands or wrist after a tumble? Well, have we got the product for you. Jackson & Jackson medicated shoes for your hands. We usually advertise on Fox News to their senior demographic, but our CFO's grandson Jimmy listens to podcasts, so here we are. Jimmy said we shouldn't put that in the ad copy, so make sure to delete that. If you fall down often, if you fall down occasionally, if you think you could fall down, get Jackson & Jackson medicated shoes for your hands. Yes, they are actually shoes for your hands. They look like shoes, but you put them on your hands. Remember, we're not doctors. We can't suggest you to get these, and this is bold and in quotes, medicated shoes for your hands. But doctors we've spoken to at various events have said they don't oppose the idea of wrist protection, so that's pretty much a guarantee. Buy Jackson & Jackson medicated shoes for your hands at local and national pharmacy chains, or just ask your grandson Jimmy to help you order them online today. 
That was lovely. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. That's great that they, uh, we've got a, a new startup coming on board. That's, that's um, how I heard it. We're, we're kind of a new startup as well. So yeah. that's, that's nice. It's uh, some synergy there. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast world, guys. Maybe, maybe you do a little more uh, editing next time, but, but I liked it. <laughs> oh, man. That reminds me of the, uh, the Conan O'Brien <laughs> Conan O'Brien character Shoeferine. Oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's a guy who looks like uh, Hugh Jackman uh-huh. Wolverine. Like he's, it's just uh, he's got the 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 molded like hair and then the oh, yeah, uh, yeah. tank top and everything. But instead of claws on his, on his <laughs> hands, he just has two loafers on his hands that he holds up. Okay, that's fantastic. I had never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah. That's the only that's the only difference between those two characters. Oh, that's awesome. I'm totally looking yeah. that up after this. <laughs> We gotta find that post it if we can find it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll see if I can uh, track it down and post it to Instagram, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, awesome. Um, uh, so yeah, Bef- I don't know why we got before. I don't know how to transition into this properly. So we're just gonna. <laughs> I just saw it and I was like, mm, but first, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> just gonna shoulder roll right through this. Uh, don't forget to email your questions, show topics, comments, dog pictures, mm-hmm. and uh, whatnot to let's talk about stuff podcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LTASpod. So we've got a, a, a number of uh, uh, topics we wanted to get to today. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's start with um, something I wanted to bring up on the, the Avengers episode, but it totally skipped my mind, um, and discuss the our overall feelings about phase one of the Marvel cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're, we're now into to phase two on our rewatch. Phase two. So, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to go back and kind of give a, a blanket, um, thought or, or give some discussion mm-hmm. over that first phase kind of in general. Um, what are your, your overall thoughts and feelings on that? Uh, yeah, I was trying to think about it this morning. Um, it, it's. I thought it was interesting how it all played out and watching it all over again uh, for that first phase, um, specifically with um, kind of the synergy of of marketing and like what a business needs to do, but also like good storytellers. And so I think it's cool that they started with Iron Man and then within phase one they had Iron Man two already, but they didn't have other movies that had even come out like other for other characters. And like now they've gone and like added more like origin stories in the other phases. So I think that's kind of cool that. They kind of were like, hey, Iron Man did really well, that we have recognition now, we're going to do some other movies, but then bring back Iron Man again, and then bring them all together and everything. So um, I thought it was kind of interesting how that all played out, and then especially leading into today's, one of our main topics is going to be Iron Man 3, which is the first one, the first movie of Phase 2. And it's kind of like, yeah, we've already had three of those before a lot of other ones, before Thor 2 and Captain America 2 and all those other ones, so it's kind of interesting how that played out. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I love Phase 1. I think it's probably... One of my favorites, I'm not sure it'd be interesting to watch the rest of these and see how they all like, compare as a phase to each other, but um, I think ending with the Avengers, and that's like what I, my favorite movie of all of them, so it's just a perfect culmination of all of it, and it um, it's not too big yet, it's not too many characters, I like that stuff and I like it now, but I like that it's kind of smaller still and it's still kind of all new to everybody, and uh, so yeah, I really, really dug it. Have you already erased the Incredible Hulk from your headcanon as part of the, the what? MCU? Incredible what? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Uh, I, it's still, it's funny because I didn't, yeah, I never included that. I always kind of considered it outside of the canon anyway. And uh, mm-hmm. kind of like the other Hulk film. And uh, I was like, yeah, there's there are just other Hulk movies that were kind of before this. And uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely back in that mind space. I don't need that back in there. It really doesn't add anything to it for me, honestly. Like, the only thing is the mm-hmm. general that comes back later with the Sokovia Accords. 
um, I can't remember his name, yeah. but um, Ross. General yeah. Ross. Yeah. Um, shout out to Ross. Um, so <laughs> um, but uh, like him coming back is pretty much the only real connection. And obviously the Hulk, but like with the different actor in the Avengers with um, Mark Ruffalo and everything, it's kind of like there's no real connection in my mind. That's like such a new Hulk that I'm like, whatever, I don't need it. So yeah, good riddance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> See, I was thinking about the uh, the Phase One movies as well, and uh, yeah, the, something about the Incredible Hulk being in there kind of slows it down or, or, or weights down the the average for it. I think mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, if you were to take that out out of there, we've got the first two Iron Man movies, we've got Thor, and then Captain America, mm-hmm. and then of course you end with the Avengers. That seems like a stronger yeah um, phase for those films. Sure, but um, I I still consider uh, Incredible Hulk. Uh, Canton for that that film universe, but um, fair enough. Yeah, it's not really not really anything that I would uh, be eager to to watch. Again. Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't hold up very well at all. Yeah. So, so, uh, but yeah, overall, I uh, I like Phase One and uh, am eager to jump into Phase Two. Um, I think Phase One for me kind of tells the story of the of that cinematic universe building towards the Avengers, mm-hmm. and that's where it cul- uh, culminates. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still trying to figure out the direction for phase two. You know, I've watched these first two movies sure. and then I've previously watched the, the other movies as well. And they, they all kind of have their own directions. Mm-hmm. So they're all allowed to kind of do their own thing a little bit before they funnel back towards, um, age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, Ant-Man's in, uh, yeah. <laughs> in, at the very end of uh, phase two as yeah. well. Um, I guess just because things split apart once they get to Civil War and that sets up that yeah. status quo. But um, but yeah, so Phase 2 is a, a little bit different. We'll get into that a little bit later, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, overall, uh, starting off pretty good with uh, with Phase 1. It definitely is a benchmark in superhero like films yeah. overall. Yeah. That's been fantastically replicated by uh, DC. <laughs> They've done such a good job. It's like they took everything that I didn't like about Marvel and then amplified it um, (laughs) and took anything I liked and just didn't do it at all, you know? So it's really like it's it all. (laughs) And you wouldn't even think that was possible. I know, that's the thing. (laughs) How shitty can we make these movies? Yeah. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the kind of uh, phase two in the direction because, yeah, now that you mentioned it, um, there's there's not really anything yet. Like uh, Iron Man 3 is really like Tony's like individual personal story and Thor the Dark World is kind of just a continuation of his journey and uh, not really anything else. Um, so it's, it, I mean, it kind of leads into other things, I guess, but it's, um, I'll be intrigued to watch them again. It's been a while since I've watched all of uh, phase two together like that too. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to mm-hmm. see how that shapes up. Yeah. Yep. Cause now I'm like, how do they get to age of Ultron? What, what does happen? I don't really remember all the, <laughs> cause I forget like which ones came out when, um, yeah, I know. You know. I've, I've finally gotten to that point. I used to have like encyclopedic knowledge yeah. in my head of what movie came out when and you know what the sequence was. But for whatever, like we're we're into Black Panther territory. Yeah, you know, we're eighteen movies deep, yeah. so it's hard to keep some of those in line. Um, like I, I forgot where Guardians of the Galaxy absolutely fit in, in in Phase Two and yeah. all of that stuff. So yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, there's a, there's so many and that's cool. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like I used to know them all, and now I'm like, what? But when? When was that one? I have to look them all up. So, <laughs> Iron Man three comes before Iron Man. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, and the Tokyo Drift. Oh, yeah. In the yeah, it's the middle part of Iron Man two that that takes place. So I actually didn't get a chance to finish Iron Man three again. Like I said, it's been like a week and a half since I've seen it. Um, I didn't see the end credits again, but Dom does show up, right? 
Oh, he does. Yeah. And, Toretto? Yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah. good. Because I want to make sure I yeah. forgot, but I, wanted, I was like, I think there's a connection there. So it's there, guys. Don't worry. It, it's assumed that the Deese is in every movie. It's just you, you may not see him, there you but go. it's assumed, you know. Wait. And he turns into Groot? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's part of his. Oh, my God. That's part of his journey. Are we coming up with a new cinematic universe? <laughs> <laughs> the Dominic Toretto cinematic universe. <laughs> He's holding them all together. It's crazy. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, yeah, anything else on the MCU? No, I think we're good. If you want to move on. Sweet. Yeah, so uh, I watched this new movie, Mute. Have you heard of it? It came out on Netflix on Friday. No. Huh. Um, so I had heard about this for a while now um, because it was going to be is a similar that was going to be released like theatrically and then Netflix bought it. Um, it is a Duncan Jones movie. He did Source Code. And he did a movie called Moon, and this is a Ooh. spiritual sequel to Moon. And I love Moon. It has Sam Rockwell in it. Um, have you ever heard of that one? Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Oh, you've seen Moon? Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is um, a very shitty version of Moon, uh, Mute is. Um, it takes place in the, like on Earth, because Moon takes place on the moon. And this takes place on Earth, but the same time period. So it's like 2045 Berlin, I guess. And um, it stars... Uh, uh, one of the scars, Alexander Skarsgård, and he's a mute uh, guy. He had an accident as a child. Uh, Paul Rudd is in it. He's like a, a U.S. soldier who's gone AWOL after the U.S. has kind of fallen after some war, and he's in Germany. <clears throat> and uh, it's a very like dark and twisty sci-fi movie in the you know set in the future. It's like where basically every all of our worst traits right now got amplified, and like nothing good happened, and the U.S. like fell, and like. There's, like, ads that follow you around and all this bullshit and um, kind of the dark dystopian view of the future. So it's not my kind of thing anyway, but I've been really excited about it. I'd heard great things um, about it kind of coming out at first. I love Duncan Jones. I love Moon. Um, Paul Rudd is great. Like, I thought it'd be great. And it, it is so weird. Um, on a lot of hands, it was just bad. It was just, like, not very well made. Okay. Um, some of it was like it, there's stuff there, but it's just not really clicking. Like it just feels like like not the kind of caliber director he is. He directed um, Warcraft, the like Ooh. the video game movie, yeah, which was also like poorly reviewed and everything. But um, for the I like his smaller movies, and this is kind of like his passion project. Like he's wanted to make this for like a decade or something. So I was like really hopeful. But um, I, I have a friend uh, named Adam who. Uh, uh, he was kind of my inspiration when I do my Twitter reviews or, or I post them on Letterboxd for that, like, the Twitter size thing. Um, so he's he's done that for years, and he started doing them again, though. Um, it's at All White Jury, um, which is just, like, a, a movie quote or whatever. Um, but uh, he started posting them again, and he did one for Mute, and he gave it 1 out of 10. And I, I read it before, Friday before I watched the movie, and he said it was just, like, really bad, blah, 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 like, kind of unfathomably bad. But then he, he ended it by saying there's there's a POV shot of a little girl in a nursing gown, like a like a hospital gown, um, from the POV of a pedophile. Ooh. And he just said, why? And I was like, that's fucked up. So there's an entire character who is a pedophile. Um, and you kind of get hints at it through the thing. Um, it's Justin Thoreau who plays him. And, but they, it's like, for one, it's like, do you really need to write a pedophile into your movie at all? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of thing but if if anything like we know what that means like you can hint at things he could he could like as i explained to amanda like he could have just like lingered his hand on a shoulder and like given her a girl a weird look and we, we'd be like we get it this dude is bad yeah but they go like much further than that and Oof. um he 
they, they like show his like point of view on things and like show him talking to like sh- like hookers and stuff that they're, they're like in their 20s but he like is talking to like hey tell, tell me you're like 16 and stuff and then there's like younger girls later on and it's like what the fuck like there's no reason for this at all and it added nothing to the story it, it becomes like a bigger plot point um but it's it's it was very off-putting and i was very just like taken aback like why you would do that mm-hmm. so uh very very let down by this movie um <laughs> Like another sci-fi movie I was super pumped for that Netflix bought and released suddenly. You know, I guess this one they, they kind of had a release date, but, um, you know, released it anyway. And, and uh, man, just a swing and a miss. Uh, very, very, very disappointed again on this one. So, <laughs> Well, that's a shame because I really liked Moon. thought that was a lot yeah. of fun. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I don't know why they... Who would sign up to play a pedophile in a movie? Like, exactly. Like, it's weird, right? Like, yeah. That's... Uh. That's what Amanda said. Uh and it's like, why would you want to film that? Or like, did nobody say like, do we need to show this mm-hmm. or whatever? Um, just, just strange. Um, and that, and it does have plot points. It's not like it's in there just you know for kicks, whatever. But it's, uh, it's definitely goes further than you need to show. And I don't know what the purpose of it would be. So, uh, so yeah, very disappointed in that one. Um, I would not recommend it. I would super recommend Moon. Uh, Sam Rockwell does make an appearance. They were talking about that, and then it, I thought it was kind of stupid, though. He's kind of on the TVs in the background or whatever. Uh-huh. But um, but I, it, it's kind of like aftermath of Moon. It's um, not giving me spoilers for that, but uh, but I would highly recommend Moon. Um, and generally, I would, rec- I would I like Source Code. I like this director overall, but um, Warcraft, I, I've never into. It didn't look that good, and it got re- bad reviews. And then this one, I was super excited for it. It was a swing and a miss, so... Maybe I need to rethink Duncan Jones. <laughs> so are Mute and Moon in the same universe? Yeah, so they, they he called it a spiritual sequel just in the fact that they don't actually like overlap, but um, it's supposed to be set like in the same time period, so the, the ending of the events of Moon take place on the TVs, like on CNN or whatever, okay. in the background of Mute. Yeah. And he, he talked about it's going to be like a loose trilogy, like he wants to have another version of this world, but and it's kind of, I like the idea of it, like, and Moon, it's all about this like moon colony or whatever um, that Sam Rockwell is on. And then on in Mute, it's just kind of showing like what our world t- turned into on Earth during that same time period. And it's a cool mm-hmm. idea. And I'm not sure where he'd go with the next one, like hopefully a different city or, you know, something else. But after this one, I'm just kind of like, I don't, you know, I don't know that I need more of it because it was so off-putting. So um, I'll just stick with Moon for now, you know. <laughs> so it's a cool experiment. It's a cool idea. But it's like, damn, dude, what, what happened? So, Way less pedophiles in Moon. Sure. Uh, that 100% less yeah right. and, and good for it yeah <laughs> totally weird so I wanted to mention it I was very excited about it and it was very let down and uh, definitely agree with my friend Adam there was a 1 out of 10 so <laughs> and what was his, his letterbox handle oh uh, at all white jury okay so yeah go follow him if you yeah. uh, want some he's, reviews he's a very good uh, mini writer because they're just little short snippets so they're good but they're always very would you, intelligent would you say those snippets are a little I'll say the little snippets yeah <laughs> bring it up <back. laughs> all right well let's move on to um discussing the box office performance of black panther um because it's it's been uh been unique uh, yeah. to say the least uh in Fucking a very good way. not yes um and nobody expected it and uh damn uh very mm-hmm. impressive so um let, let's start with the the four-day opening weekend it opened on president's day weekend so comes out Friday, then it has all day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday normally, but you have that uh, Monday holiday, so mm-hmm. at a four-day opening weekend, uh, it made $235 million domestically, yeah. just domestically here in, in North America. 
Um, and I saw on some websites that, that Tuesday that it's four-day opening weekend of $235 million, uh, eclipsed Justice League's entire 91-day <laughs> domestic run where they earned $228 million. That so, is insane. Four days for Black Panther, 91 days for Justice League, <laughs> and they still came up short on that one. That's crazy. So that really kind of shows you where uh, where the market stands on uh, the yeah. world of other superhero movies. I don't know what Aquaman's going to do uh, come December, yeah. but... Not but, dot 235. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe there's a huge like Samoan market out there that just yeah, hasn't been capitalized <laughs> on, and, and uh, uh, it'll do uh, Black Panther numbers or something like that. But, we'll, we'll have celebrities come out and be like, we'll, we'll buy the entire island of Samoa tickets to the theater, and right. just, just like the Black Panther thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for the first full week on Black Panther, it made $292 million at the North American box office which outpaces 2012's The Avengers by $22 mm. million. Dollars. So wow. it's, it's on pace to, to really be the, the highest grossing Marvel movie ever. Um, yeah. It, it's beat the uh, domestic box office. I, I, what'd you say? Uh, the Avengers made like one point something billion dollars. Yeah. Its entire run. Something it's like that. Run, so yeah. it's, it's on a good track there. Um, we're on the when we're recording this. It's the the second Sunday after Black Panther came out, and its current domestic box office is four hundred twenty six point eight million dollars. So wow! After its first week of release, it's already earned another one hundred thirty four point eight million dollars. So That's crazy. this is Sunday morning. So who knows where it's going to go yeah. <laughs> uh, for the rest of the day today? But uh, but it's it's very exciting that a uh, minority led uh, superhero movie can yeah. do this well. And it's it's fantastic. So uh, we can almost guarantee that there's going to be a second Black Panther movie, hopefully sooner yeah. rather than later. Yeah, that's totally awesome. Um, it's it's like <laughs> it's cool for any Marvel movie, but it's really cool, like you said, for a, a minority led uh, movie mm-hmm. to to be like like I've seen so many tweets and stuff where people are like. Hollywood, do you get it? Finally, like, please, come on. Like, mm-hmm. it's like the uh, Wonder Woman 2 with, like, a, a female-led movie and uh, some other ones, too, um, that have done well with that. Or, like, even in Black Panther with the all the female warriors and stuff that were so awesome in this movie. Um, that it's like, audiences want this. Like, give us give us more. Uh, give us something different than just white guys running around. Even mm-hmm. though I dig the white guys, too. Um, you know, obviously, Cap and Iron Man are awesome, but um, this was such a good movie. It definitely deserves it, too. It's not, like, a shitty movie, so... It's like a really good movie that really deserves the love, regardless. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I like that there's people out there that uh, you know are, are also just supporting it to support it and say like, hey, like we want more of this. Like I've thought about going again. I want to see it kind of again, but mm-hmm. I don't generally go back to the theater twice for a lot of these. Um, but I thought about going again just because I want to I want to throw money at it too and be like, yeah, I want more of this. This was great, you know. So so it's just really cool. It's just been such a juggernaut. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've I've wanted to do the same thing. I just haven't had a chance to to go back and rewatch it yet um yeah and it's me uh i'm not uh, big on going out where other people are so i'll probably just wait for it to come out uh, <laughs> on blu-ray or digital but uh yeah still a very good movie if you haven't seen it yet go to the theater i think you'll have a great time with it yeah all right so let's move on to um another round of let's bitch about stuff we've got some new topics yes. here and um we'll we'll go over those uh and we've got some uh, some returning some returning favorites here. So uh, Excellent. Uh, we've got six topics altogether. Uh, we'll probably play a few rounds of this. So we've got cheese pizza. We've got Houston mm. drivers in the rain. 
We've got Sierra Mist. We've got <laughs> people who don't pick up after their dogs. Roman numerals. And finally, the NRA. So. Oh, wow. Who put that one on there? That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to know wait it. and see who, uh, who got what. So we'll go ahead and spin it and see what comes up. People who don't pick up after their dogs is the first topic. Brent, let me tell you, I you you can probably uh, chime in on the, chime in on this as well, right? You yes. have had some experiences, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, we live in an apartment. We lived in an apartment uh, before this. We've we've done that for a few years now. Humble brag. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was doing that. White privilege, you know. Sometimes you don't realize it. <laughs> Uh, so we, we've had, uh, uh, a lot of experiences with a lot of do- different dog owners. Um, and, uh, it's weird because you meet some people out there, you like, you'll wave and it seems like they're cool, but, but then you see much, so much shit around that you're like 90% of you guys are assholes basically. Like you, ha- you have to be because there's too much. Um, it's crazy how many people just don't pick up after the dogs. Like we have these different stations around. We found out both apartments that's like a dog, uh, poop station whatever has like a little thing with um the bags you, you pull off and it has a trash can below it so it's like right there they're stationed all over the, the complex so you can get to them easily um i even just carry the bags in my back pocket because it's easier that way and then just walk by a trash can whenever i have a chance and get a new bag and all that and uh, it is just so simple and it's um it's the craziest thing because sometimes it's like within uh within like arm distance of that station will be poop and it's like, what excuse do you have, right, that you are so close to this and you're not picking up your poop? If you're far away from it, I can almost be, like, a little bit, like, forgiving of that. But overall, it's just, like, clean up your shit. Uh, why do you even have a dog uh, if you're not going to take care of the thing and take care of uh, other people? Like, it's just like you just don't care about people. And I think that's what it boils down to, people that don't care about other people, which is why I don't like to go out in public sometimes, too, because it's just, like, you see all the shitty drivers – like Houston drivers in the rain. We'll get to that later. Back to you, Brent. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> and now the weather. Uh, no, I totally agree. Uh, we we just built a new neighborhood uh, here. We didn't. Uh, we I was moved like... into a neighborhood that was being built. Uh, if it were me, <laughs> I would just be nailing a two by four into the dirt. I don't know how to build shit. But um, yeah, so we we there are a lot of people here that walk their dogs. It's a new community, and everybody mm. here, luckily, is is nice enough to pick up after their dogs when they when they poop so that's great but i can see in a few years that's probably going to eventually go away just because that's how human behavior is right um but uh but yeah um, luckily we've got a backyard here so we normally let our dogs go back there and uh do their business but Mm -hmm. uh we Mm -hmm. do go out there and even uh pooper scoop our our own yard of course there you go those uh those uh doggy turds Mm -hmm. and uh throw them away so uh and our dogs are pretty good about well one of our dogs is pretty good about holding it if we go for a walk. Miles, the little guy that's constantly barking <laughs> on this podcast, he, uh, he chooses to, it seems like, and it feels like a personal attack, that he waits <laughs> until we take it for a walk before he has to duke it up. And if so, uh, we do have baggies that we uh, pick it up and, uh, and yeah. carry it with us, which there's no more like shameful thing to do as a human than carry another oh, creature's yeah. poop. For, for a distance. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really it's weird very, custom we do. It's very, uh, very much a humbling experience. You, know? <laughs> you feel good about yourself, but uh, hey, yeah. you know, you, you still have to pick up this dog poop. <laughs> it's like, who really is the master? You know, right. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's what you got to do. It's what mm-hmm. you got a dog. You, you take care of your dog. Take Absolutely. care of you. Take care of your shit, guys. Come on. Yeah. Just, come on. So, yeah, that's all I got. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on <laughs> to the next one. So we'll give it another spin here. And we're at the NRA. <laughs> I kind of want one of yours. Do you have a lot to say about the NRA? Uh, no, but uh, I think it's important that uh, that you be said. go into this one. Yes. So uh, I've been following. I started following on Twitter uh, Emma Gonzalez, who's one of the students from Parkland, and uh, I've been following those kids so much, and they are so awesome and inspiring, and doing so much great work. And uh, uh, I don't know if you saw there was a CNN. Uh, I keep calling it a debate, but a, a town hall this last mm-hmm. week um, where they had some of the Parkland survivors and parents and teachers. Um, and on the other side, they had um, some representatives from Florida that came, Marco Rubio, um, and then two other guys. I honestly don't remember their names. Um, they were congressmen and senators. Do, I don't know. Do you think we should uh, applaud Rubio for showing up? Uh, for absolutely doing his job? not. <laughs> <laughs> for doing the thing he's supposed to? Absolutely not. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, enough enough to say, like, well, thanks for coming, but uh, but yeah. that's about it. Uh, I heard uh, on the, the Pod of America um, I think it was Billy Eichner was on there and he said something about like, I don't applaud my dentist when he finally agrees to fix my teeth. It's his job. He shows <laughs> That's up. That's what he's supposed you know? to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so yeah. Uh, and then afterwards, after that, they came back with the sheriff of Broward County who was uh, obviously involved in a lot of this stuff. And then uh, Dana Loesch, who is um, a she-devil of the NRA. Um, mm-hmm. And she's a horrible person. And uh, and then they got to duke it out. And Emma Gonzalez was on stage and... Uh, and uh, a couple of these guys, uh, Cameron Kasky, I just, I, it's cool. I know some of their names, like they're doing such great work. And um, they have, have started this campaign or, or joined this campaign recently to um, get against uh, different businesses that are partnering with the NRA for like discounts for their members and stuff. So like Hertz and a bunch of different car places like hotels, um, airlines, um, LifeLog, these various companies, whatever, that gave different uh, discounts to them. And within, like, days, um, everybody's just been dropping like flies. Like, mm-hmm. like all these different campaigns that have gotten, like, thousands of, of different people to stop advertising on Breitbart. Um, there's been this huge campaign to get companies to distance themselves from the NRA. And, we're, and it's great because it's making them toxic like they are because um, some people might think it's extreme. But uh, I, I agree with the statement um, that a lot of the, the Potsy America guys have said and other people that, that they are, like, a terrorist organization. Like, their entire goal is to increase weapons which increase violence around the country like that's not their inherent goal of violence but it's it, i think it's something that they're they definitely want guns in the hands of every person they want to sell guns that's what they want to do so um i think they've been distorted and in, into the second amendment right thing and all that and uh definitely wearing all my politics on my sleeve right now but but i think that they are definitely a uh, an organization that is doing more harm than good to the country and the, even a lot of gun owners think that they are not a great organization so uh, I just applaud uh, the kids and, and their effort to to get a lot of these advertisers to go away from from that platform. Um, there's even I didn't even know this existed, but there's an NRA TV that's on like Amazon and Apple, I guess. Like it's like an app or whatever. And so people have been trying to pressure them to get rid of that, which I think is a much bigger step, and it would be harder for them to do because contracts and whatever. But um, but I'm like, yeah, like why is you know why support that? Like you don't have to. Um, there are people talking about like banks could just start saying like we're not <clears throat> we're not going to fund money, we're not going to allow that like gun money to go through our systems and they can just say that and so it's like a lot of people are giving ideas out there to uh, kind of hinder that movement which i think is uh, better for our country and and now that people are standing up and saying what they what they feel about gun rights i think we're moving in a better direction and these kids are leading that charge and it's awesome so mm-hmm. fuck the nra and those kids are awesome <laughs> <laughs> i agree and I, I think it's sad that it's come down to having what happened to those kids have to happen 
and then they have to take the fight out there to to the NRA to mm-hmm. the Congress and everything um, for for this to really take action. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. Totally supportive of those kids. Uh, they are uh, incredible tweeters. A number of them. Oh uh, my god! Yeah, <laughs> their, their tweets get uh, uh, a lot of uh, retweets and, uh, and and faves. So mm-hmm. um, so that's totally awesome. And one thing I think we should note is that the NRA is not just an association of people who are fine with with people having guns and everything. I know that's what they try to say, but they're really a lobbying group for yeah. gun manufacturers. So. They want you to have guns because you will buy guns, and yeah. that's it. It's really the almighty dollars is what's at play here. So yeah, uh, and that's a, a, a fact. So it it is what it is. Yeah. So I think when you when you reframe it that way, it, it really changes the perspective that they've they've allowed we've allowed them give themselves and like they've built up over these years. They're a very strong organization, uh, but they represent a very you know small amount of the population, really. Um, and so it's, it's interesting how much power they have, but they've, they've really framed that in a different way. And when you think about them, it's about money. It's about lobbying. It's like, do, do is anybody support that? I don't support any lobbyists, even good ones. Like I, I hope the whole system goes away. Yeah. Uh, people should, should dictate what, what goes on, not, not lobbyists or corporations. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely good to reframe it that way. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to something, um, even heavier than that. Topic. <laughs> we'll see what it is. We got the wheel spinning. And we're going to land on, finally, a perennial <laughs> uh, post on the, the wheel here. Cheese Excellent. pizza. Cheese oh, pizza. Yes. So if you thought the NRA talk was controversial, here we go. <laughs> He's Pop cracking his neck, neck folks. Yeah. So cheese pizza can go fuck itself. Oh, uh, so man. I'm, I'm bringing, it, bringing the heat. So <laughs> every pizza is technically a cheese pizza. There's cheese on every mm. pizza. I don't want to see if you bring home a, a stack of pizzas, one of them should not be cheese. It should have additional toppings on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that people like cheese pizza, but they're wrong. They think they like it, <laughs> but they will like it more if there's other food top or food stuffs on there. So uh, if you're fine with meat, do pepperoni, do sausage, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a vegetarian, that's fine. Put some veggies on there. I've had a veggie pizza before. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not delicious. It's nothing but cheese. You're wasting space. That's like ordering a pizza with extra crust. Fuck it. Get it out of here. We need to stop doing it. Big cheese doesn't want you to know this. Oh, man. cheese pizzas, every cell of a cheese pizza murders a puffin. That's right. A baby penguin. What? So it's true, probably. I, I guess. didn't I don't know, know that. <laughs> so uh, look it up, I guess. I hear if it's on a podcast, it's true. So... Now it is, and that's true. So wow, absolutely, absolutely. That logic works. Um, Put some man. shoes on your feet and march up to <laughs> to the North Pole. Um, man, uh, I totally agree with you. Uh, it's interesting. I, I mean, I, I'll get um, like we'll get like a hot and ready from Little Caesars, and I, I get the cheese one because <clears throat> they pretty much only have the, the pepperoni and, and cheese, and mm-hmm. Amanda doesn't eat pork anymore. So, but what I do is I when I get home. I put pepperoni on it, and she a lot of times will put like feta and like well like doctor it up, you know, we'll put like peppers and stuff on it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's it's um, it's a waste of space. Yeah. It is, it is, yeah. Uh, my blood did start to boil when you said that uh, you bring home a cheese pizza, but then I was mm-hmm. like, no, he's going yep. somewhere with this. So I'm absolutely, I wouldn't let you down, uh, and didn't uh, roundhouse kick my computer through <laughs> through my <laughs> office window here. 
doing a lot of roundhouse kicking today. Um, I'm like, and Blade. it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured you dressed up like Blade and like cosplay. <laughs> Looking good, sir. <laughs> Some motherfucker they're trying to ice skate uphill, Steven. <laughs> Daffy Did you Duck watch Blade. recently they released the, uh, I can't forget what it's called, the, uh, of this movie? Yeah, but the, where they do the review and they're like, uh, I'm totally losing it. <laughs> Are you okay? You smell burnt toast? <laughs> the they, uh, Honest, they honest a, Trailer. Oh, yeah, of yeah. Of the Brave Trilogy. Yeah. They did that. Yeah. 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 Um, and it was really funny because I had forgotten. It's been so long since I've seen them and, uh. And it was really funny because uh, there's some really, really bad lines, really, really cheesy lines in that shit. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of watch those again. Uh, at least the first one. I, I used to like that one a lot. So, But it was really funny. I recommend that honest trailer. They're always really good, but that was a funny one. Um, so, yeah, do you have any more to say about cheese pizza? I don't want to get you riled up again. You know what? I, uh, I'm satisfied w- with where I've landed on this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to calm down a little bit. So we'll spin okay. the wheel one more time here. All right. And, uh, <laughs> See what else we've got. Oh, <laughs> Houston drivers in the rain. There we go. Oh man, a trilogy. So I added this on there because you know, <laughs> it was, this is obviously all you who lives in Houston. So uh, it was quick thinking because it's one of the things that bothers me most uh, in Houston. But uh, it is raining right now, so it kind of made me think of it. But uh, Houston drivers cannot drive in the rain. That is a fact. Uh, as you said earlier, it is indisputable. Um, it, uh, it, it's like, you know, in Oklahoma, when it snows or ices, <clears throat> it doesn't happen all, like that often, like often enough for people to really be comfortable, like up north. Um, so, you know, Oklahoma drivers, Tulsa drivers are really shitty in the snow. Um, like everybody's just slip and sliding everywhere. And it's just basically just like, don't go out because there's wrecks like all over the place. And it's not even that much snow or ice. Like it wouldn't, you know, Colorado would just be like, what are you even talking about? Um, <laughs> children are driving cars and they've never even driven cars right now and it's fine you know but in oklahoma it's like that but that's how houston drivers are in the rain they they never get like we you know we we got a few um snow days here recently or whatever but it's it's really really rare so rain to them for some reason even though it rains here a lot it's like a subtropical climate um they cannot drive they they put on their flashers um on their cars for some reason because uh, it's a hazard, but I'm like, it's a hazard for everybody. So what are you talking about? Um, and uh, and then they all go like so fucking slow. It's it's like the highways. So I was like, I don't know. I can't really go faster than 35 or 40, man. I don't know what to tell you. And it's like, no, that it's a highway. You have to go faster than that. Like you're you're a hazard because you're not going faster than that. It's just rain. It's fine. And uh, I don't. I feel like I might have mentioned this to you in the past. Uh, uh, cause I'm having like a, a deja vu moment here, but, uh, my biggest, um, I, I, I knew this was a thing in Houston when it rains, obviously, but I didn't really know what it was. It's, it's water on the road specifically. And obviously rain, whatever does that. And those people are afraid of, but my example for that was so crazy. I was driving one time on a regular road and it wasn't raining. It was a sunshiny day. And in the median, they had sprinkler systems. And one of them was like a little kicked out like it shouldn't have been and it was spraying into the first lane and it was the lane that I was in and I, we were going like 10 miles an hour and I was like what's happening there's got to be a wreck like we're all going around and I get up to it and there's one fucking sprinkler spraying in the road and people are slowing down to 10 miles an hour to go through that fucking thing and I got through it and I was like that was it and then it was fine and then traffic just totally cleared up 
It was like literally, they were like, it's like ants when they, you know, they drop like a, a twig in front of them and they're just like, ah, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in, in Bugs Life or whatever they do that or something. Yeah. Um, it's like that, like Houston, Houstonians just like freak out and they just like stop. Like they're just like, I, they forget how to drive. It's the craziest thing. And I've never seen anything like it anywhere else. So um, <laughs> it's so weird. And it's like, it rains enough that it's like, for one, you guys should be used to it, but it becomes even more of an annoyance because it's like. It happens more often. It's not just like it rains, you know, once a month. It's it's not Lubbock. Shout out to my brother Jeff. Uh, it's it's Houston. It's uh, you know it's humid all the time. It's even when it's not raining, it feels like it just rained because you're in sweat. Uh, it's covered in it. So I don't know. It's just like get 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 used to it. Like I want to send them all back to to driver's ed uh, for a rain class. <laughs> I think there needs to be like a Houstonian rain class for everybody, like statewide, you know, citywide. Just everybody do it. So. There you go. <laughs> I feel good. That, Getting that was, stuff out. Yeah, I can see that it's therapeutic for yeah, you. Yeah, it really is. Do you have any thoughts? Um, I, I luckily haven't been there when it's uh, been raining, I guess. So I, I've never, never witnessed. But uh, that shit cray, as yeah. uh, one Mr. Kanye West once said. So. I mean, thank you for agreeing with me, both you and Kanye. So. <laughs> Hold on just one second. got to go help Brandy with the thing. Okay, cool. Right back. Then we're back. Hey. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff Radio. This is your host, Stephen and Brent. <laughs> I was gonna Yeah. I was well, gonna I was gonna go way too hard there. <laughs> it could be an outtake just for us. <laughs> I can't remember our nicknames from a while back. Milk Toast. I think and, it was mine. Uh, yeah, do, do, do morning radio. Do morning radio, Stephen. Do your, your morning radio introduction. <laughs> and welcome back to Let's Talk About Stuff Radio with Milk Toast. And I'm Testicular Rex. <laughs> 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 that roar was so funny. <laughs> oh, that was great. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to NLTAS <laughs> Radio. Why do you guys have a howl in there? I don't know. The button was already clicked. I didn't know. I just went with it. <laughs> it's radio, bitch. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, welcome back. And uh, now on to our main topics. Yes, indeed. Right? So we will, uh, we're going to split our main topic between two movies, as we discussed before. We're going to start with Iron Man 3 from May of 2013. And then later we'll jump into Thor The Dark World from November 2013. So at this point, they're really starting to begin the double up process of mm. releasing two movies uh, a year. So uh, I think this is a one of the changes that reflect Disney buying Marvel mm. okay. uh, to where they just like, let's put out some more shit, guys. Not like, <laughs> like bad stuff shit, but, yeah. you know, just uh, up the uh, the output yeah. of this franchise. So similar to Star Wars in that regard as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So do you want to take us through the cast yeah. and crew? For shows. Uh, so Iron Man 3, uh, like Brent said, it came out in 2013, directed by Shane Black, uh, written by Drew Pierce and Shane Black. Uh, I'm going to run through the cast. we got uh, Robert Downey Jr., RDJ, as Tony Stark, Iron Man, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts, John Cheadle as Rhodey or the Iron Patriot, Guy Pierce as Aldrich Killian, Rebecca Hall as Maya Hansen, Ty Simpkins, shout out to that kid, he's awesome, as Harley Keener, John Favreau returns as Happy Hogan, which is a pleasant surprise. James Batchdale as Savin and Stephanie Sostak as Brant and Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin. Yes, yes. So um, there will be spoilers ahead. So if you've never seen Iron Man 3 or Thor The Dark World, 
go watch them. They're widely mm-hmm. available. And then uh, jump back into the podcast. But um, so I've taken some notes on cool. uh, on the movies as I've I've watched them. Uh, did you take any I, notes? Or do you you said that. Things? So yeah, I took a few this morning. Uh, not not a ton, but uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see what you you came up with. And I, I had some ideas about it uh, this time that I really hadn't had before. So yeah, really okay. intrigued to talk about these. So uh, my first couple of notes um, are, one, uh, this is the final Paramount logo that we'll see on an oh, okay. MCU movie. So we saw that at the beginning of this movie. Um, and then that's it. Again, as discussed on the Avengers episode, Paramount still has their logo <laughs> on this, and they still get a percentage of the uh, income mm-hmm. from these movies. They didn't do shit. They yeah. sold <laughs> the rest of Disney, and that's it. That's Whoever it. made that deal, though, for them, I don't know, like they would have been able to sustain what, what, what has grown into. So they might not have been able to do that either, but they made a pretty good deal that way. I mean, uh, yeah, you don't definitely. do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the studio exec, exec over at Paramount, you know, he's got posters of the Avengers and Iron Man three yeah. on his wall. He's like, Hey, these fucking guys. And he can point to the actual logo that's on, yeah. <laughs> on those posters. It'd be like, we, we fucking did this. Yeah. They didn't do shit. they, they didn't have to spend any money on it. They made money off of it from the sale, and then they made money on top of it again <laughs> as royalty. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty that's awesome. pretty insane. But yeah, uh, yeah get, man, that, I hope whoever made that deal got a raise. Yeah, seriously. Unless, unless he's a fucking creep and uh, harass women <laughs> or whatever. But um, we'll, we'll assume that he didn't. Yeah. So um, also, just in case you were worried, this film, the beginning of this film, confirms that Eiffel 65 does exist in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> <Yes>. Universe. <laughs> the song Blue plays over the, the Marvel logo. I'm so glad you brought that up. I still crack up every single time I watch this movie and that comes on. <laughs> I died laughing in the theater when that happened. It was so good. <laughs> it like it, it instantly was, it transports was, you. It, yeah. it was a little bit jarring. Um, and I like the that there wasn't a whole lot of thought given to placing that in there um, beyond that that song was just popular. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, yeah. In 1999, yeah. Was, the beginning of the movie takes place uh, because it it says I'm blue and he's talking about being blue or feeling down or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but the color blue is represented in the song, um, but the Marvel logo is red. And I can see somebody <laughs> like throwing a, a shit fit about it because it's like, well, their logo's red. And, but they just fucking went with it. And yeah, uh, they, I do like Because it plays over, yeah, whatever. when the logo comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super funny. And I I did the same thing when it uh, when I saw it in the theaters the first yeah. time. I couldn't believe. I hadn't heard this. I totally forgot <laughs> I this song even fucking existed. So, uh, yeah, I thought that That's was That's why it's, it's a very, like, Shane Black thing to do. Uh, I guess I'll say, like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Shane Black. And... Um, he, he is all over this movie, his style and his comedy and stuff. And, uh, and he's, he's worked with, uh, RDJ in the past. So it's, it's, they have a good rapport and, and style together and everything. But, uh, I also kind of, I, I, it makes me feel like guardians or, um, Ragnarok as well. Like that you kind of come out and it's like, we're doing stuff differently this time. Like it, it starts off with his like voiceover and it's kind of somber. And then it just jumps into blue and you're like, okay, this is different. And it really like kind of, it didn't foretell anything specific in the story, but it foretells like the tone of the movie, I guess, Mm -hmm. with, with like reveals later on, um, you know, with, with the Mandarin and all that stuff. So it's, it's really kind of funny that it's like what you've gotten in the past is going to be totally different right now. And we're going to kind of turn on its head and be funny and whatever. So, uh, yeah, I still just crack up every time. Yeah. Even though this is the first movie that wasn't, or the first Iron Man movie that wasn't directed by Jon Favreau, it still fits in there. I mean, Tony Stark is still yeah. Tony Stark. All the characters are still the same. Um, and I was expecting, when I first went to go see it, I was expecting there to be um, at least a little bit of a difference, but mm-hmm. it, it pretty much just fits in with the, the Tony that we've come to know at this point. After yeah. This is his fourth 
uh, yeah, fourth appearance in the, mm-hmm. the MCU. Well, plus the cameo in The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that does not exist anymore. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, I think it's fairly consistent with, uh, with what we've seen before in that mm-hmm. regard. Yeah. Yeah, it fits in really well, but it's like a different, little bit different style. But uh, yeah. that's what I was saying. It was, it's really cool that I love that John Favreau is not only in this as Happy Hogan again, uh, since he's not directing it, but he's like mm-hmm. um, kind of like a more major character than he's been before. And uh, probably because he didn't want to direct himself that way and insert himself in the story. But um, it's still cool that he's like he was like involved, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it fits really well with, with Tony specifically. Yeah. Uh, and I was afraid that they were going to kill Hoagie. Uh, Hoagie. <laughs> Happy Hogan off in this movie, but uh, but they didn't. He he shows up later in Spider Man Homecoming. So oh yeah, uh, yeah. he's, he's just around for a while. But um, at the beginning of this movie, we're introduced to Nerdy Guy Pierce, which yeah. uh, just looks like a straight up cartoon character. Like he would have so he would have fit in like Batman and Robin or whatever. Yes. like that yes. that type of nerdy. Like he's That's overly nerdy. But um, I thought of it like uh, she's all that. It's like, or, or like, not another team movie. Like, oh, he's got a cane. Oh, his hair swept. He's got glasses. Like, right. it's like he's fucking Guy Pierce. That dude is handsome. Yeah. He can't help it. He cannot yeah. help it. Um, Memento, uh, that that stars Guy Pierce, is mm. actually one of my favorite non superhero movies. Ever. Oh, right so, on. Uh, when I heard he was going to be part of uh, the MCU, I was like, mm. oh man, that's fucking awesome. I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, I didn't know that about you. That's cool. That, that movie is trippy as fuck, man. Oh, man. I yeah. love it. Yeah, love right it. on. And it has a lot of our rewatch potential, mm. oh, especially yeah, over, for sure. over time, because I've already forgotten the majority of some of the stuff in there. Yeah, and it's so a super skewed. creepy shot yeah. of uh, Carrie Ann Moss just sitting mm. in a car waiting for his memory to to reset or uh-huh. whatever. And uh, just the way she, like, stares through her car window gives me the chills. Oh, yeah, right on. That'd be fun um, to do one day, maybe, on the podcast. Fuck yeah. Yeah. We'll forget about it. And that's the memento. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> memento, the fresh maker. So this movie also gives us some voiceover narration, uh, which I don't think we've had for either of the other Iron yeah. Man movies. Um, but it's not persistent throughout the movie. It's kind of just at the beginning for mm-hmm. the most part, um, where we hear Tony talking to somebody as he's essentially telling the story of Iron Man 3 mm-hmm. to us. Um. And uh, we find out who that is. And we'll get into that later uh, towards the end of yeah. the, uh, the discussion here. But um, I thought it was something that stood out because we really don't get that in the MCU at all. So mm. uh, it's a, a little bit of, of playing yeah. with the, the formula a little bit. Are the other Shane Black movies, do they use narration at all? Uh, yeah. So the other one that he's with, uh, he directs RDJ, um, Kiss, 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 Bang, Bang. He also has a voice. It's like a very similar um, type of voiceover, too. Um, so it, it felt really natural when I watched this one because I was like, oh, cool. It's like kisses, bang, bang. So, um, uh, but yeah, he, he does that same kind of thing. So might be, I don't know that's in a lot of his movies though, necessarily. So, okay. But it's yeah. something that he's dealt he's with done. before. Yeah. Okay. Um, so towards the beginning of the movie, we get, uh, a scene of Tony trying to, uh, he's installing something in his forearms to, mm-hmm. uh, to help. I guess, attract the, the armor to him from a distance. Yeah. Similar to kind of what we see in the Avengers. It's just an upgraded version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we see Tony kind of struggle with that a little bit, and the, the armor, like, flies towards him, and uh, he eventually catches it and, and puts it on. Um, and I have to say that the uh, the the main armor that's in this movie, the uh, I think it's called the Mark 42, mm-hmm. um, is actually my least favorite Iron Man uh, armor. Yeah. Just because it's 
it's like so much gold, but yeah, the gold yeah. also looks fleshy. Oh, uh, okay. So it's like a like a flesh beard armor. That's <laughs> how I think of it. Ew. And it uh, it just like <laughs> uh, it's a, a what's that guy's name? Spencer Spencer yeah, Pratt. Pratt. It's like the yeah. the sp- <laughs> yeah, Spencer Pratt of armor. Um, this is the Mark Forty Two or the Spencer, <laughs> Spencer Pratt. It's hard to say, right? It's really hard to say. <laughs> That's because it's too early or what? Oh, man, my I think my body's trying to reject him as a. Uh, That's yeah. As a, a person in pop our, culture, our mouths don't even want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, so we we see this armor in there, um, but it it gets beat to shit pretty early on, and um, it's it's really just a prototype for Tony, as we mm-hmm. see later in the film. It doesn't have a whole lot of weaponry and and all of that stuff on yeah. it right now but uh it's more modular something that like i said can be torn down to individual parts and then uh guided toward tony and yeah uh, armor him up from a distance so one thing i wanted to, to touch on that i i think that the trajectory of his suits is really interesting through uh the different movies um because like an iron man he has like the suit he builds in the cave, the big one. He goes home and obviously makes you know the Mark One or the Mark Two, I guess the the mm-hmm. regular Iron Man suit. Um, he has you know those those different ones. But then in, in Iron Man Two, it's like okay, he wants to have one around him at all times, so he has the suitcase that Happy carries around, and then he gets attacked. Uh, so he he's like, I get my suitcase, but I you know he would have wanted it earlier. So in the Avengers, he has the bracelets so that he doesn't need mm-hmm. Happy anymore, and it can fly towards him. And then he doesn't have the bracelets on, though. Whenever he meets Loki, he has to go to the, the bar in his penthouse and put them on. So then he's like, I could have used that faster. I want them implanted. It's like a really cool um, like pathway that it makes sense. It's not just like new suits. It's like you can actually see like why he's gone that path. I think it's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there, like you were a, just like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking, but then there was like a, a glitch in the, the feed here enough to where it just cut off the last word, and I was waiting for you to say it. Sometimes when those glitches happen, I'm just like, is Brett just not listening to me, or does he just not care about my point at all? It's so funny, because it's just like a blank stare. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was one of those weird things where I thought you were saying something and then searching for that last word, yeah. and then I was just like... Oh, he's already said it. Oh, oh, okay. yeah, oh, yes. And then good point taken, Stephen. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Let me jump in there real quick. Blah, 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 blah. Um, the other armor that we get in this movie is the Iron Patriot. Uh, Patriot. Iron Patriot armor. <laughs> Boy, speaking is hard. I don't know why we do this on, uh, in the morning. Uh, the Iron Patriot armor uh, worn by uh, Rhodey. Yeah. And um, I, I thought this armor looked great on screen. Oh, yeah. Um, that was it's cool. actually an armor from the comics as well. Now, in the comics, the character that wears it is Norman Osborn, who is the Green Goblin from the Spider-Man comics. But he so, is he is the Iron Patriot? He was at a time. So Weird. There was a point in the comics where the villains kind of took over. Uh-huh. Um, if you can believe that villains taking over America. That's weird. Yeah, right? <laughs> and just having to live in that status quo for a while. <laughs> Hell that'd be weird, right? <laughs> so uh norman osborne he became the um the head of a shield-like organization called hammer and he developed his own mm. well stole tony stark's uh iron man armor mm. tech and created the iron patriot armor that we see in this movie wait isn't um, it justin hammer is that guy not in the comics is that like a made-up character isn't that the same like isn't it like hammer industries or whatever uh yeah it's yeah they're unrelated same name oh. yeah uh, matter of fact i never really uh 
brought the two together, I guess, <laughs> in my head about the his last name being Hammer and then his, yeah, uh, huh. yeah, huh. you gotta chew on that for a little bit. How about, how about that? How about that? And it's funny because uh, Justin Hammer is in fact a an Iron Man character. Okay. So, huh? <laughs> Does he have a company like that? Is he like that same character? Uh, or did they yeah, kind of merge yeah, I mean, the idea? He, of yeah, like, he's like a, yeah. a tech billionaire type, okay. type of guy. But uh, and he's early on in the this specific Iron Man run. I'd have to go back and reread it to see if yeah. like there's some some carryover there. Uh-huh. Um, but but the the hammer that Norman Osborn runs is an acronym, kind of like Shield. Okay. So it's H A M M E R. Matter of fact, MC Hammer is uh, mm. is General. Huh. Huh. But you never connected it. No. <laughs> Weird. Huh. We should have MC Hammer on our radio show. <laughs> and ask what the, what the acronym of his name stands for. <laughs> we could probably get him, right? I'm sure. Not on Sundays. He's got a congregation he has to lead. Oh, such, a, such a weird conversation already. <laughs> I like it. It's fun. So, um, the one of the my favorite things in this movie is at the beginning of the movie where Rhodey and Tony are at, uh, I don't know. It looks like a inside of a Hooters or something like that. Some, <laughs> some restaurant <laughs> where, uh, a kid, like Hooters. <laughs> uh, some kid comes up to them and asks for Tony to autograph her, her Iron Man drawing. Mm-hmm. And he starts to do it. He has a, a little bit of a panic attack and he has to run outside and get in his, his, uh, what we think is his car, but he's just got yeah. the Iron Man suit <laughs> parked with the motorcycle parking, yeah. which I love. Cracks me up every time. Yeah. <laughs> he's just leaving it there yeah. for people to come by and like fuck with it or whatever. But whatever, it's Iron Man, so people yeah. are probably fine with that, not doing that. But uh, that's that's one of my favorite uh, scenes in this movie. Mm. Um, yeah, now, his freak out is really he's good at these uh, panic attacks and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the the story of that um, and how it affects like all of the stuff like the PTSD after New York and stuff is really fascinating. I thought that was a cool avenue for them to explore for the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was cool. I'm flying up into the wormhole with a nuke. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> fall back down. Yeah. Yeah. I might fuck with, with you. A, yeah, 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 just a little <laughs> bit. Um, now, uh, one thing we can't ignore about this movie is that it does take place around Christmas time. Uh, and um, why would you want to ignore it? I want to embrace it full, full heartedly. <laughs> and that's the differences between you and I. So, uh, yeah, not as, as stated before, uh, to, but to new listeners, uh, not a fan of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven is a fan of Christmas, a huge fan. You could say, yeah. And, um, yeah. So I, I just kind of have to deal with it as yeah. we go through this because I'm, I'm constantly reminded. You did say like, this is a movie that you, this is like a Christmas movie to you that you would actually watch. If one, if one wanted to suggest a Christmas movie, uh, you would watch Iron Man three, right? Yes. Yeah. Now this is, we're recording this in February. So yeah. I, I feel like I've, I'm past well past Christmas. Sure. So this is kind of like re traumatizing me. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Going back I there. I can see that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you okay? Uh, it, I have to go. There's a lot of uh, horrible explosive in- imagery in this movie, but the thing that scarred Brent the most <laughs> was the, the fact that there's Christmas around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it really, like, uh, that's a Shane Black thing. You know, he, he does a lot of, like, his, his Bang Bang is a, takes place during Christmas, but it's like a, you know, a neo-noir movie or whatever. It's like a PI movie. And, uh, and, and this too, but uh, Lethal Weapon, 
uh, he wrote uh, Christmas. You know, it's 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 his thing. It's one of his staples. But uh, he really um, injects that into everything, so you can't really get around it. Uh, like that whole scene when when Tony injects his arms and he has that stuff lying around. He's doing that to a Christmas song. You know. Yeah, I know. Cool I totally forgot version, about the. But, uh, I yeah. totally forgot about that. And he says, "Drop the needle." And yeah. I, my my mind blocked it out. Yeah. Like it's a <laughs> it's a healing mechanism for yeah. me. Um, and uh, I didn't realize it was whatever it is jingle bell rock or whatever yeah. the fuck he, he plays but you know what i got i got through it uh, you wouldn't know this is a christmas movie just by looking at it because no. it's everything is like very sunny um, mm. at least in the california portion of this movie when it he flies over into tennessee yeah it's snowing and whatnot there but it would have happened you know in january or february there as well but um yeah otherwise it's uh shocking and appalling uh, whenever i have to see a christmas tree <laughs> in this movie i'm so sorry <laughs> um, so we also are introduced to the Mandarin in this movie, mm. uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Sir Ben Kingsley, <laughs> Mr. Sir. Uh, and, uh, this is the continuing saga of, holy shit, blank is it in the MCU, there holy shit, go. Sir Ben Kingsley's in the MCU. Yep. Um, and, uh, my God, uh, what a, what a role for him to play. Uh, now, yeah. In the comics, the Mandarin is... Asian, uh, Chinese, I believe, mm. and he has mystical powers. He has ten rings, um, literally one ring on each of his fingers, which mm. is how the terrorist organization in the MCU gets its name. That sounds and very the, hard to work your hands, honestly. Ten well, rings on every finger, I mean, that's a lot. They would yeah, click together that, all the time. <laughs> some people can do it. I guess so, some I mean, people, yeah. So. Some Just, people wear multiple rings on their, on an individual finger, which is weird. Like you know? girls? Not not like a, a wedding band and a <laughs> yeah. uh, an engagement ring, but uh, like um, just like so. I think it's like mainly older women that mm-hmm, do that, mm-hmm. where they have like two rings on one yeah. finger, but then they've got other like they're blinged up. Oh yeah, know? yeah. I think yeah, it's kind of a defense mechanism thing. They're like ready to punch, but also <laughs> yeah. like look good. I don't know. I'm uh, Wolverine, bitch. <laughs> where are my shoes for my hands? <laughs> um. So. When this movie was marketed, it had Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin, and there was a lot of uproar about um, an English guy mm. being playing a, I guess, like a Chinese character. Yeah. But um, the way they had marketed it, he, Kingsley looked more like like a, a Bin Laden type of character, yeah. which I thought was, was kind of a cool take on it. Mm. Um, but uh, we see there's a very specific reason why this, this character isn't Asian. And it's, I, I, I can see why they decided not to mm. go that route. Um, me personally, as a uh, fan of, of the, the Marvel comics, uh, the Mandarin is Tony Stark's like main villain. Like he's the big mm. one. He's the Norman Osborn. He's the Joker. He's Lex Luthor for Iron Man. So again, spoilers for this movie if you haven't seen it, but uh, the Mandarin is uh, not actually the Mandarin. He's an actor, an English actor named Trevor Slattery. Yeah. And he's just playing the role of the Mandarin. Um, and the first time I saw that, the movie, I thought, well, this is weird, but <laughs> it, it's also pretty fun. Like, it's uh-huh. a very fun performance from um, Ben Kingsley. Yeah, it um, is. There, there's still part of me that wants to see the actual Mandarin show up, mm-hmm. but... I remember John Favreau saying when he was talking about doing Iron Man two because everybody wanted to see the Mandarin again. It's his uh, Tony Stark's main villain. 
he said that there'd be an issue with that because Tony Stark deals in technology, Mandarin mm. deals in magic, and it'd be hard to merge those two worlds. Mm. But now we're at a point where we've got the Avengers, we've got Thor standing next to Iron Man. Yeah. Um, who's more of a, I guess Thor doesn't deal with magic, but he's a, a Norse god, right? Yeah, yeah. So we can blur those lines a little bit more. Mm. So it's a little bit disappointed that, that we don't have an actual like Mandarin character. Uh, at this point, but maybe that'll change later down the road. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a Marvel short that came along with Thor of the Dark World called mm-hmm. All Hell the King, and it's hinted that there's an actual Mandarin character out okay. there, and Ben Kingsley took his name, and uh, the actual Mandarin's pissed about that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's something they'll develop later down the road. Um, yeah. It'd be cool for the Mandarin to show up in a Doctor Strange sequel, for example. Yeah. Because um, they yeah. both operate in the, the same world there, but uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, yeah. What was your what was your initial f- feelings or, or thought on the yeah. the reveal? So um, I was not a uh, I, and I didn't really know any, anything about the Mandarin or the Ten Rings besides that they were in like Iron Man that was like mm-hmm. that organization that took Tony or whatever. But um, uh, when so when it happened, I was just like, this is awesome. It was so much fun. Like you said, like I thought it was a really cool take on it that it. Um, subverted what you would think would happen in the movie and how the Mandarin would go as a character in it. And uh, so um, I thought it was really fun. I, I understand the backlash, I guess, and I, I was really curious to see your take on it because uh, being a fan of the, the comic books and stuff, and I'd heard since he's like a major villain of Tony's, like that could be like a major disappointment to a fan as well. So um, so I get that. But um, I was when I was watching it this time today, I had thought like, well, what if it was the other way? And I, I, since I don't know much about him, I don't know how that would go, and so I'm intrigued that you said it was. Uh, he's like more like mystical, magical, and stuff, and I don't know what that would have looked like. I even saw a quote from Shane Black when they were talking about writing this movie and how they wanted to, since we'd had some of the other things in the other movies and seen like the aliens come in and Avengers, and we'd seen Thor and all that stuff, that they really just wanted to bring this down to science and have no magic in it at all. So it's like that was a specific goal of theirs. So it really wouldn't have made sense, but. Um, you know, in another world, do we have that movie? It's kind of interesting to think um, that that would have been a bit uh, more more close to the comics, and um, and I wonder, like, if it would have been a better villain because I I like the idea. I think it's a really fun conceit that there's like, uh, spoiler alert again, that uh, Killian is is the real like bad guy, and he has put Trevor Slattery in this role to kind of put him out there as the face of it. But it's like it kind of makes sense to stay behind the scenes and put a fake guy out there to the world and not be the guy mm-hmm. yourself. And I thought that was a cool conceit. I just don't think that Killian is a good villain. So it kind of like really packs a wall up when you find that out, I think. Um, I like the reveal, but it's like I, I would have liked it had there been a, a real Mandarin behind Trevor Slattery, that we had seen a real Mandarin. And that mm-hmm. Trevor Slattery this whole time was the fake one, but he really was there. Or even if it was like Killian and then in the cr- in credit scene we see a Mandarin and he's going to come back and Doctor Strange or whatever would be cool if that had been a change um, similar to other ones that we've seen where it's like Loki's not behind everything, you know, Thanos is behind everything. Or like Ronan is not the main bad guy, like Thanos is the bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Mandarin could have fit in there somewhere. It would be interesting. So um, I, fe- I feel like there's a little missed opportunity, but I still think it's fun. And I think that Ben Kingsley uh, is having a lot of fun with that role, and he's really good at it. And, uh, and it's so jarring when you see it happen that you're the reveal. You're kind of like, oh, uh, I did, okay, let's go. Let's do this. And so it's fun. So mm-hmm. overall, I'm cool with it, but I, I really wonder what it could have been like. And uh, do you have other thoughts like about like 
overall as a comic book fan, like, do you really like, you obviously wish that Manor would come back, but do you think this movie would have been better that way? Like he would have been a better villain, you think? You know, I don't know. I think it would have been a more interesting villain just mm-hmm. because we've seen how Tony deals with tech related villains before. And mm-hmm. I think putting him up against something like magic or, or mysticism would really have to make him stretch. Yeah. Like, how, how do I accomplish this task of, of beating this person? You know, like he doesn't have, he, he doesn't think that way. Everything is tech related. How do you defeat somebody who's using magic? Yeah. I think that's an interesting concept. It is. And I think that's why that character or those, those two opposites work in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say if it would have worked in, in the movies or not. Um, you know, it kind of yeah. depends. It, it it would totally change the story from mm-hmm. there on out. You know, yeah, um, yeah. And, and they've got a lot that they've packed into this movie as far as uh, things for Tony to to worry about. You know, they've mm-hmm. got the extremist um, situation that they're they're dealing with. Yeah, um, which is a, a totally different Iron Man story. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know that. I think if they would have put both of those in here, it would have been too much going yeah. on. Um, but I think if you had a, let's say if they did an Iron Man 4 and they touched on this again and they brought in the real Mandarin, I think that'd be something interesting for Tony to have to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, having to go back and forth with, with magic a little yeah. bit. And at this at that point, you know, they've that would be after Avengers 3 and 4, mm-hmm. you would know Doctor Strange and all of that stuff. So yeah. maybe they could be uh, mustache bros together and <laughs> uh, <laughs> beat them down. But uh, yeah. um, piggybacking off what you were saying about uh, Aldrich Killian just not liking that character. I totally mm-hmm. agree. Um, I like Guy Pierce, but yeah. this, this character doesn't do anything for me. Um, there's no no real like personal relationship between he and Tony, yeah. uh, other than they're both kind of in a similar business, and uh, Tony blew him off once. Yeah. Um, otherwise, that's that's it. There's no... I don't know. It's, it's hard to identify with him. I think if he was... Um, kind of like in uh, Black Panther where Michael B. Jordan is wanting to better his um, better the world mm-hmm. as he sees it and better his race by giving them the opportunity to defend themselves. I think if Aldrich Killian was like, you know what, I've, I've got this thing that can help people, but nobody will help me, so I'll do it myself mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. Like if he really put forth an agenda other than... Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I can breathe fire. So yeah. I'm gonna be a, <laughs> that's gonna yeah. be an asswipe, you know? Um, and I, and I know he tried to kidnap the president and everything. So, um, he was, and he was working with the, the vice president as well. Uh, they're Mike Pence and, uh, <laughs> trying to get the whole thing, uh, started on that end of it. But, um, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't find his villain, com- uh, very compelling at all. Yeah. And, um, I didn't like the, the, overall look of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I thought he just looked uninteresting. You know, you've got yeah. Tony Stark at that end fight. You've got dozens of different armors flying around. So it's mm-hmm. like several Iron Men versus one shirtless guy. Yeah. So it's, like, <laughs> it's just not, not very exciting. And, and I know he's got like powers and, and whatnot, but uh, it's just, yeah. it's just kind of a boring concept for a, for a character. It, it, he didn't seem like a strong enough character. His powers don't seem strong enough to have him defeat all of these Iron Man suits like it it kind of does because it's like he can he's like on fire sort of and he can like punch through the metal I guess but I'm like he can he like I don't know like 
it just seems so easy that he can just like cut through them like butter and stuff and like dismantle all of them or like all his goons can and it just doesn't it's like it's cool it's fine it looks kind of neat but uh, I'm not sure that it sold me as like a really you know good villain by any chance so mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I totally agree um, now my favorite line in this entire movie um, <laughs> is in the, in the first act where uh, Pepper comes home she sees a giant a ginormous fucking stuffed bunny on the driveway <laughs> and uh then uh a little bit later uh that's when when uh maya hansen shows up and they're they're talking about the the rabbit or whatever and and pepper's going back and forth saying yeah did you see the giant bunny or whatever yeah and then uh maya says something to the effect of oh yeah i saw it. it's hard to miss or whatever and uh best line in the whole movie tony <laughs> says it's a big bunny relax about it why is that the best line? <laughs> it's just like, as a non sequitur, it just cracks me up. Oh, that's funny. I yeah. do like all the bunny stuff. Uh, I've never like noticed that line or whatever. Like it's there. I, I never really. That's yeah, so funny, I, I never noticed it before either. But uh, upon rewatching it, as I was taking note, I was like, "Holy shit! How, how have I missed that line?" That's so funny. I need to make it part of my uh, vernacular, I guess. Yeah. But. Um, then, uh, well, not then. Uh, I'm just kind of jumping through my notes yeah, here. Yeah. Um, uh, we eventually meet Harley, who yes. is uh, played by, was it Ty Simpkins? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, Harley is a, a little kid in Tennessee who stumbles upon Tony Stark living in his garage or shed or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they become friends? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to say it. With a question mark. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Tony, uh, much like Stephen and I, not a fan of kids, um, and uh, treats them as such. Yep. But um, they do have a... uh, He he does seem to like Harley. Yeah, uh, yeah. At the end of the day, but uh, (laughs) he doesn't make it easy on him. Yeah, he gives him a hard time the whole time. (laughs) Yep. I like the... uh, At the beginning of the movie, or at the beginning of their their interaction, where uh, Harley says uh, something about his... His mom being at work and his dad ran to the store for uh, for a scratch, scratch or whatever. Offs, yeah. And uh, I guess he won because he's been gone for three years. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, holy shit. <laughs> That's hardcore, man. And then Tony comes right back. And he's like, yeah. whatever, dad's leave. Don't be a pussy about it. It's like, <laughs> that's the Shane Black humor that I love. That I, their whole relationship, his and that kid's, is so funny. Uh, like, that, that kid will be, like, saying something emotional. And he's like, you know what I'm hearing? Where is my sandwich? Or whatever. Like, <laughs> he just like ribs them the entire time. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is a further interaction with uh, Harley and Tony where Harley's asking Tony about uh, the Avengers and New yeah. York and everything. And, and he says, you're going to give me a panic t- attack. And, and then eventually he does have one. He's like, I know you did it. And he gets up and <laughs> walks off. Uh, and that's uh, in the same scene that we see that Tony Stark does, in fact, wear a Hello Kitty watch through hell yeah at least half of this movie yeah um and, uh, <laughs> that was pretty fun whenever it's that guy smashes it limited or edition yeah yeah limited edition when that guy smashes it he was like that was not mine to give away or something right. like that <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh, a little bit later uh, i think we're in the the third act at this point um in the movie where uh harley is uh trying to guilt trip tony as tony's climbed inside of the car and uh he says, I'm so cold. And, uh, <laughs> and Tony just like drives off. He doesn't. Yeah. Just he's like, fuck it. 
No, no worries. He even about tells him like before that, he really says he's cold or whatever. He's like, all right, move. I'm going to run you over. Like he's yeah. <laughs> just like, whatever. <laughs> Thanks for the help, kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so I think that that brings us to Tony's uh, PTSD or panic attacks mm. or whatever it is. I, I'm not sure which yeah, one it is. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to um, misuse PTSD because I know it's a real thing that people go through. But um, that's just how I've seen it written online. Um, they, mm. they do seem a little bit like that, but they also seem like maybe they're just panic attacks yeah. uh, as well uh, because Tony's able to still function. Like he does like battle and stuff in his armor and he seems mostly okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, it's something that, like you were saying earlier, uh, comes from the, the Battle of New York and, and yeah. having to, uh, to deal with all of that, uh, which I thought was was great. I like that yeah, they yeah. have to deal with that in this movie. Um, you don't see that in other superhero movies. And it's, I don't know yeah. that he's ever dealt with that in, in the comics. Or, oh, yeah. Or whatnot. Cool. I think it's really neat. Because um, it, it's like at the end of um, The Avengers, it's like it happens. And then he's even like joking afterwards, like, let's get shawarma and stuff. And mm-hmm. and that's all you know. You really see of it. So this being the next movie, it's like a really cool thing for them to explore. Um, and uh, even though it's a you know different take on it, it's obviously like a superhero thing and aliens and whatever. But like I think it it does bring to light like some real issues that people have coming back from war and stuff, and uh, and how they deal with it or, or can't deal with it by themselves and everything. And uh, his journey through this I think is just really fascinating. In this movie, I, I wish almost the movie was a little bit better to fit that. I think that that storyline is really really well done. But uh, other other issues like with extremists and stuff are just not my favorite. Um, but I think that stuff is really interesting and uh, and fascinating to see like how he deals with it for Tony's mind, where he's like, I'm gonna build all the suits I can, and uh, and how that leads into his his next moves at the end of this movie and uh, all mm-hmm. the stuff he's dealing with is just really fascinating. Yeah, uh, the yeah the the way that they handle it is uh is pretty well done. Um, but it it eventually just kind of goes away by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. like he just. I guess deals with it, um, and it's not really brought up again in any of the other yeah. movies. Um, maybe slightly in Age of Ultron, where he has that vision of the future, but mm-hmm. it's not really a, like a panic attack per mm-hmm. se. Uh, it's more just him fretting over what's to come, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's really the only yeah. mention of of anything like that. Now, uh, one thing that uh, did traumatize me is when uh, Tony goes into the bar in Tennessee. Uh, there's country music playing, oh. so we've got Christmas, we've got country music. I'm so sorry. Um, that's that's two of the devil's trifecta right there, um, and I I I almost didn't make it through that scene. Uh, yeah, it was rough. Was it? I've been through a lot. I don't like to call myself a hero, but <laughs> you know, it, it, it wasn't a country Christmas song, was it? Because that would just be like too much. That, I think. that would be the ultimate. Uh, yeah, I would not survive. Yeah, there okay. Would be no well, that's survivors. good. <laughs> Everybody would. You would just explode like those guys with the extremists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I do like uh, the Tennessee stuff. I thought that was cool that he kind of uh, is outside of everything. Um, I really mm-hmm. like this movie. Element. Yeah, for sure. I, I like this movie for um, how he has to do stuff alone and deal with this stuff. And he like just tells Pepper, like, um, it's one of the things I want to bring up is like, where are the other Avengers? But uh, for, for this one specifically, now that they've formed, and this is the first movie after that, and uh, kind of like I brought up last week with like... Uh, a more personal story, like why Wakanda and Black Panther's story can can be contained in that and not have other Avengers, but like this one to me seems like it might have needed more. So we can talk about that a little bit um, more in a little bit. But uh, but I like how he has to be inventive, even with his suit that's not fully functioning, the, the Mark Forty Two, uh, when the helicopters are shooting up his house. How he has to like get he can't shoot a rocket, so he just like opens it up and takes the rocket out. 
and is able to like blast that thing out or whatever, or like throw the mm-hmm. piano or like blast the piano out and stuff. And then whenever he like really loses his suit and he's in Tennessee, I thought that stuff was really cool. How he uh, has to actually like make his weapons. Like he goes to like Home Depot or whatever and like buys all this random shit and just makes all these bombs and guns. <laughs> yeah, he and looks stuff. like a straight up terrorist. Uh, he <laughs> absolutely <laughs> does. Um, <laughs> you see him put fertilizer in there, a bunch of other shit. You're like, oh, fertilizer, shit. yeah. He's going down. <laughs> but, uh, but I like that. I like that. Um, they show it in different ways in this movie, and uh, and it's it's very interesting how he has to do things alone, and then especially in Tennessee when he loses his suit, and he's like so sad when it happens. He like Jarvis is like I I think I'm shutting down, and he's like Jarvis like he like really is like upset by it and uh, has no one, so it's it's really interesting. And then I like how they play with that dynamic with the kid instead and kind of being there to help him. So yeah, um, the uh, <laughs> when he first arrives in Tennessee and we just see him wake up. Or, no, no, no. We see him like crash into the snow and everything. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he rolls over and the mask pops off. He he sits up out of the armor and he goes, ooh, that's brisk. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, Jarvis shuts down. He has to then like tie a rope around his armor and like drag that behind him. Mm-hmm. And eventually he gets to a convenience store. They've got one of those big like Native American statues with a poncho on it. He takes the poncho off and wraps it around him <laughs> like, oh, that's better. It's like fucking it has to be freezing. It is literally yeah. snowing. <laughs> the, the poncho is like, the, it's just open. Yeah, like, it doesn't his cover his arms. arms covered, or, yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Um, the uh, the and then he, he calls Pepper in that uh, mm. that phone booth and I forgot phone booths are even a thing. Yeah. Um, and this was filmed what just a, a scant five years ago yeah Holy shit it was five years ago wow that's crazy yeah that the movie came out they're all in tennessee all the phone booths yeah. oh. <laughs> okay there, there you go <laughs> phone booth capital of the world yeah apparently <laughs> <laughs> um we then are uh well, i guess not then i keep doing shit like that yeah it's all right then on my notes next time on my notes <laughs> but first <laughs> um so let's talk about Maya Hansen. Um, yeah. So in the original, I guess, uh, script or treatment for this, mm. she was supposed to be the original villain. Mm-hmm. But um, she was told that her character wouldn't sell toys. Yeah. So they had to change it to Aldrich Killian, uh, which is bullshit because I don't want an Aldrich <laughs> Killian <laughs> figure either. Right. You know, so, All those kids just, just love that up. Aldrich. <laughs> Everyone's like, with slick it. back blonde hair and yeah. dragon tattoos or whatever the fuck they've got. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think Maya would have been a much better villain because yeah. she had a personal connection with Tony, even if it was just for that one night when mm-hmm. Eiffel 65 was uh, DJing. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I, yeah, her, her connection would have been like so much better. Uh, it would have shown that she's a strong, I mean, she is a, a strong like yeah. scientist in her own right. So I don't. They really kind of neutered her character, mm-hmm. uh, spayed her character, Oof. whatever it is. Um, <laughs> that was really uh, funny. They, 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 they didn't allow her full character to shine, and especially later in the movie where she gets killed. It's like she gets shot, and then that's it. Like, even Tony's reaction in that moment isn't that strong. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you know, fair enough. They, they hadn't really seen each other in several, several years, over a decade at that point, yeah. I guess. Um, so, I don't know. Just the, the whole idea that uh, a girl can't be a, a proper villain because she's mm-hmm. not going to sell toys or whatever, that's just it would, a, a weird and yeah. dumb way of, of thinking. It surely is, and it, it would have been just as um, good as a, a different kind of ending than you were expecting. 
uh, as the Mandarin reveal and all that. Like, um, I saw something about, they talked about it too. That it would be like remitting steel or whatever. Like it'd be like kind of like a, a soap type ending where it's like, oh, the the woman was there pulling the strings the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, that would have been rad. Like that would have been cool. And she's so smart and everything. It would, uh, I, I, I try to think of like a way that instead of Killian being a part of this, um, what if she had just started aim or what if aim was being funded by the real Mandarin and they put the Mandarin in charge? Like how would that have been tweaked? I would be really interested to see like a treatment for that. If they had it more like fleshed out, how that actually ended and stuff. Uh, cause I thought that would have been great. And yeah, who the fuck wants a Killian action figure? Like nobody. No. So no one. Yeah. In the uh, the comic that this is based on, um, the Extremis arc and Iron Man, um, Killian is just kind of like a, if I remember correctly, he's just like a, a, a like a henchman type character mm. that goes after Tony, but he's dispatched uh, by Maya, so oh, yeah. she is the 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 head of that whole thing. But um, so that, that's in the comics, like she's in the comics and everything. Yes, cool. yeah, in, okay. in the specific arc, both of those characters are introduced. Huh. Um, I haven't read it in a while, but that's yeah. how I, I remember it being set up so that'd be interesting to read yeah just yeah. to see the comic version of that too mm-hmm. yeah because it's like this thing it's like they have a proven way that this works then like like just like with the man the real mandarin fighting tony they have a, like a proven way they've done that in comics before so it's not like they would be like would that work it's like yeah it would work we've seen it we can mm-hmm. just put it on film now and same thing with her yeah it's, it's just like why would they abandon that it sucks well another thing in the comics that they didn't do in this movie was um tony eventually injects himself with the extremist virus mm. and he is then able to store his armor in like the uh in his body like huh. uh, in, in his bone marrow or something like that Crazy. so whenever he needs to suit up he just it just covers his body for huh. him so he doesn't have to uh, carry a, a, a suitcase or, mm-hmm. or anything like that so um yeah they didn't didn't go there that also connected him to like the internet and satellites and everything so he could monitor all of that stuff inside his head oh, wow. and uh and whatnot so, and he could operate his suits remotely which they do a little bit of that mm-hmm. in this movie um which uh interesting was, was kind of a fun scene where yeah. uh, everybody gets sucked out of the uh, the flight crew of air force one gets sucked out of the oh, plane yeah. and he has to he has to go get them that scene is actually uh, really like it looks really good mm-hmm. like i'm like i don't know how they filmed that but it looks like they're all really falling and yeah, I think they, they cool. were there for a portion of it. Um, yeah. I remember there being like a skydive team that had to yeah. go do that, and they just uh, digitally erased their uh, parachutes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, um, but uh, yeah, and then we we see uh, he he saves all of them, and then he uh, flies uh, over a a bridge, and he gets his armor gets destroyed by a truck. Yeah, and uh, we see that Tony's not in there. Yeah, I thought I like that was that. a fun little uh, gag there. They do a lot of cool stuff like that. Like, there's a lot of really good moments in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. that, that are really inventive and stuff. And so, yeah, I really dig it for that. You're done with that sentence, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, on point today. That was so um, funny. When, uh, when Tony's held captive by AIM, and then he breaks free, and, like, he has to, like, stand there for a long time and, like, mm. keep flexing his arms as he's uh, handcuffed to that... What, it's like a, like a tilted-over bed frame yeah, or some shit. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really bizarre. <laughs> and uh, he keeps, like threatening the people by like uh by the he keeps threatening the guards i should say mm. by uh flashing his hands up like the his uh, gauntlets are supposed to fly onto his hands but yeah it yeah. <laughs> really takes a long fucking time for that to happen <laughs> yeah uh, to fly from tennessee to florida and um eventually it happens he breaks free and uh he's uh, cleaning house over there and then he sees one guy and uh like blow him uh, just downstairs whoa, whoa. and uh he's like whoa whoa i give up 
these yeah, guys are weird. I like, <laughs> I like that guy a lot. That was really so funny. He's just allowed to leave. <laughs> I really like that because there's always you got to imagine like these henchmen are just like this is just a job, bro. It's just a job. Yeah. My my brother-in-law was into it. He got me into it. I don't even like these guys. They're weird. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> That's what it is. I don't even like these guys. They're weird. Um, and um, eventually, Pepper gets injected with the extremist virus. Uh, yeah. That we. It's kind of alluded to that they're going to, uh, but we don't actually see that happen until much later. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, Pepper ends up saving Tony in mm-hmm. his fight with Aldrich Killian. Um, what were your thoughts on that with Pepper getting the um, extremist virus? So I don't like her getting the virus, really. Um, I uh, I like her saving him. I like her being a badass at the end. But also, it doesn't really make much sense that she's just so strong. But all of a sudden, she like knows karate sort of she can like jump in the air and like yeah. do all the spins and stuff and it was like you don't you don't get skills with that you just get strength or you know basically or whatever and like some powers or whatever so um, i think that's kind of a, a thing I, I don't pay attention to a lot in movies but sometimes when i'm like picking it apart a little bit I've, I've noticed that where i'm like sometimes in movies like superhero movies and stuff someone will get a power and it's like all of a sudden they can do everything but it's like it's in the matrix you didn't download the way to fight or whatever, you know? So I don't know where that came from. I thought that was kind of like out of nowhere. Like they've never hinted that her character does like Tai Chi or something that I remember, you know, that she would know anything at all really with those. But I do like that. She's awesome. And then when I read about them taking the villain role away from Maya, I was like, what are you talking about? You then you then turned around and made a woman, you know, female, uh, a hero of this story. So it would have really been interesting her fighting Maya uh, I think. Yeah. So it's like, I feel it's like a, a missed opportunity and also like a weird choice for Maya then if they kind of went with a, you know, female anyway, uh, for a different role. So, um, I'm just not sure that I really care for her having it. Um, I thought her, uh, her, her death scene, her supposed death scene was a little weak. Cause I was like, I really don't know why she survived. Like, I know she's kind of like made of fire now, but it was, it just, it was all kind of weird to me. Um, yeah. I would be intrigued if they had introduced Tony getting that as well. And her, mm-hmm. um, uh, overall though, I was just kind of like, it, it's not my favorite ending to the movie. Um, and it's, it, it also kind of leads into because, uh, Aldridge is not like that great of a villain to me. So them fighting it out at the end, whatever, I was kind of like, whatever, it's all kind of, yeah. kind of there or whatever. It just, it kind of just like peters out to me more than, more than like a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. Yeah, you- did you love it? <laughs> I loved it. Uh, <laughs> you're wrong. No, no, I felt the same way. Um, I don't think that her having those powers and then immediately getting rid of them was yeah. useful at all. Yeah, like it, yeah, that's a good like point. Like if she would have had those abilities like moving forward, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that would have been kind of a cool change. Like when we see her in later movies, mm-hmm. but um, they, I guess they're not really planning on doing anything with Pepper Potts anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Um, she breaks up with Tony, <laughs> then they get engaged and then all of this shit yeah. uh, in later movies. But um but I, I don't know. It, it seemed so weird to me that she's, oh, she's dead. Oh, she's not dead. She's, yeah. she's, she's alive. Oh, she has powers. Oh, she's defeated the bad guy. <laughs> oh, her powers are gone yeah. almost immediately. Yeah. Um, and we don't even see her lose her powers. Um, we see like an operating table, but then yeah. once it pulls back a little bit, we see it's Tony and he's getting the arc reactor pulled from his chest. So he doesn't mm-hmm. have a glow chest anymore. So um, I thought that was kind of a, a cool thing for his character. Um, 
going forward in movies. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't have that arc reactor in there as much as I like seeing it. I think it's yeah. kind of a cool little like symbol. Yeah. Um, it would make sense if that technology exists that it's pulled out of there, mm-hmm. um, you know, at that point. Um, Plus we got to get that Chinese doctor, that Chinese actor in there. Got to get those <laughs> Chinese books. <laughs> when they introduce him, when uh, I can't remember his name, the the guy from the cave introduces him in, in uh, oh, Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. he's just that doctor. I it's always so jarring to me because it's such a weird scene, right then, yeah. and it plays out later on. But I was like, this is such a like Hollywood keeps doing this where they inject them into it, but they're not doing it organically. Like I'm like, yeah, bring in more diversity. That's cool. Like bring in Chinese people. That's awesome. But you're just you're clearly just like shoehorning it in <laughs> to like make them have actors in the movie. So well, on um, in the first Iron Man movie, Jensen mentions that he met Tony back in '99 uh-huh. at a conference somewhere. So I guess that's the only reason they did it. Well, I like that part. Yeah. Yeah. But um, with the him introducing the other doctor, though, and then Tony's just kind of like, he just says to me like, oh, this, like Maya's going to need a heart doctor soon because I'm going to boop, boop. And then it's like, Jensen's like, okay, talk to you later. And that's it for that scene. So I was like, why have the other doctor there? Like they, it plays in later because that's the doctor that works on him. But it all just felt like, it feels out of place to me when it, when it plays out, I guess. Oh, the I guess I didn't realize it. that was the, the same doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Jensen's trying to, like, introduce him, and then he's the doctor that operates on Tony at the end. He's, like, a world-famous... There's, like, some deleted scenes I think they took out that were in China, like, took place in China or whatever, and... uh, It's pronounced Gina. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. So it takes place in Gina. Yep. uh, Sounds like a lovely place. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and I think there's, like, more that they, like, cut out, but it's, it's something to do with you have to have Chinese like involvement in a movie like funding and or like actors mm-hmm. or both or whatever to be able to release it in China because they only release like a few foreign movies a year they release mostly like uh domestic movies so that technically makes it a domestic produced movie and uh I think this might have been where where some Chinese money got like funded for for Iron Man 3 something like that as well but um it just feels so shoehorned in when I'm like they can make that more organic basically so yeah okay yeah okay. well I mean I guess that's what they got to do, you know? Yeah. Um, we should have, uh, eventually hopefully have a, like a Chinese Avenger in there, you know? And that's, I'm like, yeah, Chinese that would American, be cool. Something like that. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, and they can so, whitewash him, you know, like, uh, Iron Fist or whatever they, or, or the Mandarin. <laughs> now, technically Iron Fist was white in the comics. So uh-huh. he's already, he's, he's already full on washed. Well, I thought that's the whole thing. I thought that's what Steven, we were mad about. Is, yep. <laughs> People are mad that this white character was white. It's it's a whole thing. Like David Hopkins over at uh, Hideous Energy yeah. and Erie International. That's his favorite, like superhero uh-huh. is Iron Fist, and he was he he's got so many feelings about that. Like, <laughs> and and I do too. Um, yeah, that's so weird. But it, it, yeah, it is a weird thing that uh, they wouldn't wouldn't let uh, Iron Fist, who's a white character, be Asian. Which it is. Like, if the best actor for the job was Asian, sure. Then yeah, absolutely, give it to him. But a lot of people were just expecting that character to then be Asian because it deals in Kung Fu. Yeah, it's so, like, that's racist. Is it? It's a, it's a little bit racist, right? That it has to be someone Asian? Yeah. Yeah, like weird. there was no, like, uh, no uh, internet background uh, barking at uh, Hawkeye being a white guy, who was also a white guy, a, a blonde hair white guy yeah, yeah. in the comics. He could have been Asian, yeah. you know? In, any no. character in any of these movies could be Asian. It, it'd be fine. Uh, 
but specifically, people got upset about that. That's but, really weird. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're talking about the right, wrong iron here. Uh, yeah. Iron Man is what we're, we're talking about. So on this movie, there's only one post credit scene. Um, mm-hmm. And we find out that uh, Tony has been narrating this movie to Bruce Banner this whole time. Yeah. And Bruce, super into it, hanging on every <laughs> word that Tony's saying. No, that's right. He's, uh, he's passed out in the, uh, in the seat there. And, uh, yeah, just a nice little nod towards, it's funny. Uh, towards the Avengers. Yeah. No, I really like that. Um, and it, to, it's again, another like Shane Black humor thing where you, you think it's going to go one way when Tony's like so somber in the beginning telling the story and that's how it ends. And you're like, Oh, haha, okay. That's funny. But it's just like funny <laughs> little jokes. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, Doesn't really much. set up anything, uh, yeah. in the future. Um, Oh, that's one thing we forgot is like the, the very end of this movie, um, Tony uh, destroys all of his armor in yeah. spectacular firework fashion. Um, and for whatever reason, there's a Christmas tree on the like, <laughs> ship or barge that they're on. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like the people who work around that are really clamoring for like, a light-based <laughs> Christmas tree. I'm but with you on that one. Is. Yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> but um, it's uh, that, I guess that last shot of the, the armors exploding like fireworks with that Christmas tree on that mm-hmm. ship, um, I guess it's like, and Christmas. Yeah. So then um, after that, we see Tony drive up to the cliff where his home used to be mm-hmm. and uh, throw his, his arc reactor heart in the ocean uh, to be with all of his other stuff. And then he starts to walk away. As he's doing that, he looks on the ground and he sees a mini screwdriver that he mm-hmm. picks up. And um, that's kind of getting him back to, oh, yeah, I used to do this. This is, you know, being a quote unquote mm-hmm. mechanic is what... I used to enjoy, so I'm uh, I'm gonna work on that again. Yeah. Um, the first time I saw this movie, and actually probably the next few times I saw it before Age of Ultron, anyway, mm-hmm. um, I thought that by him destroying all of his armors, he was essentially done with being yeah. Iron Man for the most part, um, and we'd have to get to a place where he has to become Iron Man again in oh, the okay. next Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. he goes from the end of this movie straight to just. Being Iron Man again, he's, he's not only Iron Man, but he's created Iron Man like robots um, to guard the world at that point. Yeah, um, yeah, it didn't really make so, didn't really like uh, jive with the the end of this one. Uh, well, I was thinking about that, and yeah. the the first time I saw it, I just assumed that's what it was. Is he was because he, he doesn't have the, the arc reactor anymore, mm-hmm. and he's destroyed all of his armor. And I took that as well, I'm done being Iron Man. But mm-hmm. really, what I think it is is him just wanting to start over. And like Harley tells him in the, it, when he's like driving that, that car at night and mm-hmm. he gets a panic attack, yeah. um, Harley says, well, you're a mechanic, right? So maybe build something. So I think that's what he's doing. And that's why he okay. kind of exercised his, uh, his demons with the panic attacks. Mm-hmm. He, he starts over, but goes from California to New York yeah. and rebuilds there and uh, works on Avengers Tower. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's, so. it's, it's interesting because I, I didn't, uh, it's funny, I don't remember thinking that at the time that it was going to be like, because he, he ends it again, like, uh, mirroring Iron Man at the end of Iron Man when he says, like, I am Iron Man. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, it's more, you know, it's a different meaning now, like, it's within me. Um, I didn't take it so much as, like, he didn't need, he wouldn't be in a suit at all, but, like, he wasn't going to have an army of suits like he did. Um, he was just going to scale it back again. Um, so I, I guess I kind of always assumed he'd be back in it, but it, it is kind of weird that, uh, like I was saying, like the different ways the movies play out and like what he wants around him, like to this point, he made all these suits, but then again, in Ultron, it's like, he just has like the robots around there, but, um, it kind of is the same purpose as these. 
so like he doesn't mm-hmm. get in them, but it's like they're still all around the world and. I don't know. It seems like they kind of negate. It kind of negates the ending of this a little bit, or like the fireworks of that and him blowing those up. It's kind of like ruins that a little bit. Yeah. One one thing I wanted to jump into was uh, the besides uh, Mark Ruffalo being there at the end, um, there are no other Avengers in this movie, even though the Avengers just happened, and uh, they don't go into it in this movie, like why they're not around. And uh, I go back and forth on what I think about that, but with this one, I feel like the story was big enough that it should have had other ones. At least um, I could see it like uh, kind of you said that he goes into New York after this. Everybody's basically on the East Coast, right? Like it's either like mm-hmm. D.C. to like New York or whatever. And so he's kind of off on his own. So he's really the only one like I'm sure S.H.I.E.L.D. can get around fast in their jets and stuff. But he's the one that gets around fast around the world in his suit, you know, to, to do things. So it kind of feels like he's he's removed from everybody else. So they wouldn't be able to they're not around to help him out as much. That's fine. Um, but obviously shield is kind of everywhere and you know, they've in Iron Man two, they were around his house and stuff and helping him. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't mind it being like when he's fighting the extremist stuff and it's still kind of smaller and like hidden and like maybe shield has been fighting, you know, against the Mandarin elsewhere. But, um, it feels weird that there's never like a crossover for that. Like, um, even that, like, I thought a good scene would just be like, um, uh, Sam Jackson, I'm trying to think, uh, Nick Fury, you know, like calling him and just saying like, Hey, like we're sending people out and him being like, no, this is something I need to do by myself. And then being like, okay, just like, let us know. And then it's like, he crashes in Tennessee and he, he, it's like, no, I really need to do this by my own and just tells Pepper. But like, it's like, there's just too much out there and I can't trust anybody or whatever. Like, I wish there was a little bit more, um, especially by, by the, by the time the, the air force one takeover happens and the president gets kidnapped. Yeah. I was like, there are no other Avengers shield hasn't contacted Tony. They're not showing up. Like yeah. it really makes no sense to me at all. Um, it really needed to have, if not a crossover, at least a talk of a crossover mm-hmm. to be like, you know, why isn't someone helping out? Um, I just think it's kind of absurd that the president would be kidnapped and, you know, Nick Fury is not involved. Um, Captain America is not involved, you know, yeah. it seems kind of, kind of far fetched. The other stuff I'm cool with up until that point, but uh, but I, I kind of wish there was a little more there where they talked about it. So, did you ever think about that at all? Um, not not to the extent that you just verbalized. Like I, I didn't really yeah. think about the the president or whatever, uh, which you're totally correct on. Um, but I, I have thought, Damn oh man, I, I would like to have some other characters that we've already met in this, and and, and especially mm-hmm. since he has a relationship with like a working relationship with Banner. Yeah. Even though they're, you know, in different parts of the country, mm-hmm. he, he could have uh, reached out to him and be like, hey, go yeah. smash this for me real quick. Go smash the the president's plane for me real quick. That'll probably work out. <laughs> Maybe I just answered my own question. Why that didn't and he's like, oh. But he could have helped with, like, extremists or something or, like, yeah, figuring out. Like, they could have scienced that. That would have been oh, really fun. that would have been good. That would have been yeah. uh, some, some science bro time yeah. there. Man, Son missed opportunity. Bitch. Yeah. It's like Thor could just be the partner. He doesn't have his own movie anymore. Or not Thor. Uh, Hulk could just be his own partner because he has his buddy movie with Thor yeah. when Ragnarok. He could have had the science buddy movie with, with Tony in this one. That could have been fun. So, yeah. Missed Another missed opportunity. opportunity. Yep. Um, now, one thing. Same I, word. <laughs> <laughs> Life goal. Um, so, part of the, the phase two uh, Marvel movies is um, as an homage to Empire Strikes Back. Kevin Feige wanted, or Feige, sorry, Kevin Feige yeah. wanted the wanted to include an arm or hand getting severed in each of the Phase Two oh. movies, which okay. happens, and maybe you'll notice it going huh. forward. I've so never noticed that in this movie. Uh, Aldrich Killian, 
by the way, Aldrich sounds like a like a an ostrich that's gone to college, you know? <laughs> sounds weird. Um, but Aldrich you gets up with a, the really good specific things like that. I was like, right. wow, yes, that makes I can totally see that. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm Aldrich. <laughs> getting bit by me is getting bit by two frisbees. So, uh, have you ever been bit by an ostrich, Stephen? Uh, no, I have. And I live to tell the tale because... Have you it, really? Yeah. Yeah. So we used to... <laughs> what? <laughs> when were you bit by an ostrich? Well, we, Brandy and I used to volunteer at a uh, animal yeah. sanctuary, and they had an ostrich uh-huh. out there, and we'd have to go out there and feed them. And I would do this thing about how dangerous ostriches are when I was giving a tour, and uh-huh. I would, like, put some bird seed in my hand, and I would put my <laughs> hand behind me like I was waiting for the ostrich to come by, and I would say, their bite is deadly and venomous, and they've got these horrible things, and at this time, like, the ostrich would come up and just start pecking my hand, and it didn't really uh-huh. hurt, so I just let them have it, and then, like, the little kids, their eyes would bug out, and they'd start freaking out when there was ostrich coming by, so a nice little uh-huh. fun fun thing I did for them. That's great. <sighs> Teaching the youth, man. Yep. Um... Oh, man, oh yeah, so so the, the arm getting cut off in this movie is Aldrich Killian. He gets his uh-huh. arm cut off in the the final battle with uh, with Tony. Um, and sometimes when when somebody gets their arm cut off, it's not like permanent, but mm-hmm. um, it is a a brief thing in this movie because he just grows it back because he's got the extremist virus. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's the the first example of him losing an arm or somebody in, in the I, losing an arm i've never known about this or heard about this or <laughs> or noticed it so we'll, we'll revisit it in uh subsequent yeah, movies um especially the the next one uh, i've got uh, i've got it listed as hand watch so <laughs> excellent so, 2018 yeah. <laughs> so that's all i've got for iron man cool. 3 yeah uh, uh, that's yeah. pretty much all i got too yeah yeah so uh post credit scene doesn't set up anything in the future yeah. it's just kind of a fun little scene um but uh, speaking of the future, uh, we'll move to <laughs> November 2013 for Thor The Dark World. And um, real quick, yeah. uh, we need to give our rating for Iron Man 3. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, exactly. Which I think is going to be a uh, three-point scale. is a little tough for me on this one. Well, we, we change it to a four-point scale with hands being the new edition, which is in between okay. uh, your top choice, which for you would be pizza uh-huh. and then Sam Adams. So it's uh, uh, it would be... Uh, like a four out of five, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, we don't have okay. a two. There's no existing two. Yeah. <laughs> so there's one, <laughs> one three, three, four, five. five. <laughs> yeah, one, three, four, five. I like that. That's cool. Um, so that's good because uh, I needed something between those. So this is definitely hands for me. Uh, I it used to be pizza. I, when I first saw it, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's not my favorite anymore. Um, it, it has some really good moments and some really funny moments and some good watchability. But then sometimes I'm just like kind of like the... The extremist stuff is just kind of like lackluster to me as a storyline. Like nothing really happens from it. So I'm like, yeah, it's there. So yeah, definitely uh, some hands. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Uh, I'm all hands on deck for this one, Stephen. Um, I feel the <laughs> same so way. Because um, I, 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 I didn't enjoy this movie on this viewing as much as I had in yeah. the past. Um, and I, I didn't want it to give it a Sam Adams. No one deserves that. But yeah. <laughs> um, but uh it's, it's not quite dinosaurs for me either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would love it if somebody just tuned into this and they were like, yeah, these fucking idiots, they give these weird ratings. They rated hands because they didn't want to give it Sam Adams or dinosaurs. Out of context. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Uh, dinosaurs uh, being the best for me, uh, yeah, and then yeah. uh, glitter being the worst, and then Sam Adams for both of us is right in between, and then Sam, or I'm sorry, Hands is in between dinosaurs <laughs> and Sam Adams. It's very complicated. <laughs> I feel like we need to. Uh, <laughs> to put an infographic out there at a certain we point. Should. Whenever I we like uh, when we get a uh, something for for two, uh, we can always do that. Yeah, that'd be uh, fun. Because <laughs> it'd be good to have yeah a little more to scale. But three was good, but uh, it doesn't quite qualify for everything. Because I I wouldn't call the same atoms for sure. But it's not it's not pizza. It's not it's not dinosaurs. So yeah, it's definitely hands. But uh, yeah, people might need a chart. <laughs> uh, and I'll jump in there too with the uh, Rotten Tomatoes was uh, an eighty percent. Compared to Iron Man, which had a 94, it's the, the highest until uh, Black Panther came out, which is sitting at a 97 right now. And Iron Man 2 had a 73, so um, most people think this is better. Uh, again, you and I think Iron Man 2 is, is great, so I think Iron Man 2 is way better than Iron Man 3. Yeah. Uh, they go in a... Um, I mean, no, I think Iron Man 2 is my favorite. Um, in general, I would say the, the better movie, like they go in a row, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, they kind of go down in, in quality a little bit, but uh, Iron, Iron Man 2 is actually, I would say, definitely my favorite, so... Um, and then uh, this is the same as Captain America, the first Avenger at 80%. So I thought that was interesting. Mm, um, yeah. I could see that for people. Um, I like Captain America, the first Avenger a, lot, a whole lot, though. So it's higher than that for me. But, uh, but uh, yeah, kind of interesting to see where it fell. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, wouldn't have, uh, I, I wouldn't have given it 80% um, yeah. on this. But, uh, hey, you know, that is what it, it is. I give it more like hands. Hands. I don't know. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that right. a very like a pompous thing for me to say. <laughs> Lending a rating system to a to a body part. It makes perfect sense. I mean, everybody knows it. Yeah, instantly, other people know what that means. <laughs> I don't think we're ever gonna get any like blurb on uh, on anything because it's just Probably gonna not. say like hands. <laughs> Maybe we should do a mock-up, though. We do our own posters. <laughs> Maybe we this was hands. <laughs> this movie was straight-up dinosaurs. Brunt Hibbard. <laughs> and it's on a, like a... <laughs> it's on one of the Jurassic World movies, and the people yes. are like, yeah, you idiot. It's, it has dinosaurs on it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right, so um, let's move on to the next movie. Woo, yeah, we're yeah, running yeah. long here. Imagine that. Yeah. All right. So Thor The Dark World came out in 2013, uh, directed by Alan Taylor, who I meant to look up. I don't know what else he's really done. Um, I've heard Game of Thrones. Okay. Like that he, makes sense. Like a, yeah. an episode director for television. Yeah. Right on. Um, and that's cool because now like um, TV shows are so popular and everything. They're awesome. They're like movies. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's not even like it used to that. It seemed like, oh, he does TV shows now. But now it's like mm-hmm. he does fucking Game of Thrones now. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of a step up from Thor The Dark World. He directed so. eight episodes of Who's the Boss? <laughs> he's had a, a really interesting career <laughs> so uh written by uh christopher yost stephen mcfeely and christopher marcus uh cast uh chris hemsworth as thor natalie portman as jane foster tom hiddleston as loki anthony hopkins as odin stellan skarsgård as elric selvig idris elba as heimdall christopher eccleston as Mac- uh, malekith yep. uh renee russo as frigga uh, that's a weird name. Uh, as Thor's mom, and uh, uh, also I put a because it's the first crossover out of the the second one besides uh, the end credit scene from Iron Man three, but uh, a cameo by Captain America briefly as Loki transforms into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of fun as well. So uh, got a little uh, cat in there as well. In there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. So for this movie, I feel like they finally got Thor's look 
figured out. Like this mm. is what I think of when I think of like Thor in the movies. Yeah. Um, even the in the Avengers, they they got his like costume and his uh, <laughs> his beard and eyebrows <laughs> under control. Yeah. But uh, his hair was kind of unkempt or kind of mm. just odd looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, in this movie, uh, I think they they finally got that figured out to where it's uh, I guess like kind of partially braided in the back. It's a weird mm. conversation for me to have. But uh, <laughs> I really, I just noticed these things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is kind of the the same Thor look that we get up through Ragnarok, even um, mm-hmm. whereas the, the the wig doesn't look as bad uh, as it had previously. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. when this movie came out, I just assumed that was his hair that he grew yeah. out for it, but evidently not. So they they did a good job. Yeah, on it looks that. really good. Then uh, we also have a bit of shirtless Thor in this movie, just explicit, <sighs> yeah. straight up for no reason, shirtless Thor, um, probably <laughs> he, in his contract. And he was nominated for uh, an MTV Movie Award for that. Are you serious? Like best shirtless performance or something? Yeah. I hope <laughs> I he just won saw that because <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! Like they threw that in there for for the the ladies and the guys that are they're into it. It yep. just makes me sad because it's like <laughs> that, that exists in the real world. I'll never be yep. able to get there, you know? Oh, man. But um, I don't know if he did it. Maybe you could, too. <laughs> we, we both you, you can't start laughing immediately <laughs> after you say it. <laughs> but I was laughing at both of us. Okay. I'm not going to look like him or Cap anytime soon. Trust no. me. No. no. I got to actually exercise for that. And that sounds like a lot of work. I'm, I'm working so. my way to the blob. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I'm more for the Hulk if the Hulk was just a blob. Instead yeah. of muscles. That's where I'm going for. <laughs> the pile of green goo. <laughs> yeah. I can get there. Um, so I think this movie looks great visually. Mm. Um, I, I think that Alan Taylor, he has a, a pretty good eye, uh, a cinematic eye. Uh, when I heard yep. that he was chosen for the, the director and just having worked in Game of Thrones, and I still haven't seen any episodes of Game of Thrones, but I hear it's a very high quality um, mm. that, uh, that made me excited um, because yep. it's kind of... They kind of dabble in the the same world a little bit with, uh, uh, I, I think it's called Westeros is where it mm-hmm. takes place. And so people uh, are like Thrones. these idiots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it takes place in Westworld, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think visually the the cinematography looks great. Um, and I noted on here that there's a color uh, color palette change between each of the Thor movies. Like the the first movie mm-hmm. was there was a lot of like. Uh, yellows and golds and this yeah. movie tips more towards the like silver gray bluish mm-hmm. hue for mm-hmm. most of everything um not not always but for the for the most part that's the the color palette they're working with and i think that works a lot better for this type of um this type of film this type yeah. of like fantasy-esque type of mm-hmm. uh, type of movie yeah. um did you have any thoughts on the uh, the direction or cinematography yeah, um, I agree with those thoughts. Um, I, I think they fit the movies really well, too. I think the first Thor needed to be that way. It fits. Like, Kenneth Branagh is, like, a Shakespearean uh, director and actor and stuff, and uh, and it kind of fits that world. And then I like this change, though, and I like what Taika did with the third one. And I, I like Thor. I don't like the Thor series as much as any of the other ones, really, but um, I applaud them for their differences, uh, that it's cool how they got different directors for each one and they have like a different look and they're trying new shit all the time and it's cool to see like the different ones uh this one i thought was a little too dark like uh it was funny like, i hadn't seen it in a while and it's called the dark world but it is it is dark um i was watching on my projector and it was kind of hard to see on some points um some of the stuff like the shadow detail and stuff so uh they definitely did, didn't shy away from that and it definitely looks different than uh than the rest of them but uh mm-hmm. overall yeah i thought it was good i think alan taylor was a good director for it um 
uh, I don't really, again, know much about the Game of Thrones either, but they have, like, elves and stuff, I think, in that, too, or something like that. And so the the dark elves in this, like, it feel, feels very similar, and, like, the, the locations they go to um, is all really cool. Um, but, yeah, I'd say that's pretty much all I have to, to say about that. <laughs> All right, my Forrest. Forrest <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of uh, the dark world, like the title, the dark world, um, yeah. it's kind of a weird title because I guess mm. there is a dark world, but it's also like yeah. really open and it's kind of like daylight there. And like, it's, <laughs> it's like a cloudy, it's like an Oklahoma yeah. sky here. It's very, there, yeah. it's, it's humbling sky, but uh, uh, I don't, I don't think it's like super dark there. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, a weird title. It doesn't really mean it is anything it just sounds ominous no but uh, what you don't understand is that we are all the dark world brent we collectively are the dark world that's what they meant by that i thought we were all groot no 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 no, no. that's not that hasn't happened yet oh, okay. start the, the dark. <laughs> so that's the pro- progression of time yep uh-huh okay uh-huh yeah, fair enough just go with it just go bronze it's age the dark world groot <laughs> Um, so on my, uh, my color palette change thing here uh, that I wrote down, I put, uh, like I said, Thor one, yellow and gold, Thor two, silver, gray, and blue, Thor three for the colors. I put technicolor orgasm, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> just colorful as fuck. Uh, yeah, yeah it's terrific. Uh, and... uh, yeah. Orgasm as fuck. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> that's, that's, a slight, that's a good slight delay there as well. <laughs> um, but uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, I'm very much looking forward to watching uh, Thor Ragnarok again, yeah. again by the time we get to the, the end of this. Uh, but yeah. um, so um, wh- one thing I wanted to point out as well is, uh, boy, I'm going to butcher this. Adwale, I can a Mr. Echo from Lost uh, is in this movie, <laughs> uh, and he, along with Zachary Levi. Uh, mm. They're both Marvel characters in this specific movie. Um, Zach Levi uh, replacing the previous actor uh, as mm. Fandral in this movie. Um, uh, I guess that the previous actor had a uh, something he was filming with uh, Once Upon a Time, like the show oh, on okay. ABC. So, Good choice, uh, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so Zach <laughs> Levi replaced him uh, for both this movie and Thor Ragnarok when he's in that for eight seconds before being uh, killed. Um, yeah. But uh, both uh, Mr. Echo and Zach Levi, um, both Marvel characters in this movie, they're also both DC characters uh, in the, the DCEU. So uh, Adwale is Killer Croc in Suicide Squad. Don't oh. ever see it. Just take my word for it. Maybe look at a poster. <laughs> and then Zachary Levi is uh, DC Shazam. So, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be which yeah is his new thing, right? Going to start uh, filming soon. So I'm actually looking forward to that one. Yeah, I was, for I was now. wondering. For now, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We'll see how that goes. Um, for the villain of this movie, uh, we've got um, what was his name? Christopher Eccleston. Uh, Eccleston. Yeah. He plays Malekith, um, mm-hmm. who is just evil for evil's sake. Um, he's like an evil elf, uh, and he is charmless. There's there's yeah. nothing cool or interesting about his character. <laughs> he's just I, I really don't know what his motivations are beyond just wanting the the ether in this movie yeah. because it's the the MacGuffin of the movie. Yeah. Um, in the, the comics, Malekith, at least the comics that I've read, Malekith is more, um, a little bit charming. Uh, he's got a more developed personality. 
Mm. Um, but you don't see any of that in this this movie at all. It's yeah. it's, it's weird that they. You were talking about the movie being dark earlier. Um, in the comics, uh, Malekith's signature colors are black, blue, and red. Like he wears a red mm. tunic and everything, uh, and his uh, his hair is, you know, stark white like it is in this movie. But um, it's like they just washed all the color out of it. It's like uh, mm. it's like Thor: The Dark World is Marvel's DC. EU movie. <laughs> just washed, washed all those colors out. There's of it. A, a quote for a poster. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. But um, yeah, didn't didn't really care for Malekith. I mean, he was fine. Um, yeah. He was there. Um, any was thoughts really, on that? Really bland. I mean, yeah. Um, I, again, I watched this like a week ago, so I'm a little fuzzy on some of the details. I, re- I read through the, the plot again on Wiki to get that, and I watched the trailer. Um, and the, I, I would say the uh, trailer. Um, presented a much better movie than I thought I saw. I was really just kind of like, it, it was just kind of lackluster. The trailer cuts it in a really good way and makes the story a lot more interesting than I thought played out. I was really just kind of bored this time. And uh, and Malekith definitely doesn't help that. It, he's not a compelling villain in the slightest to me. Um, I do like this movie for being an opportunity to bring Loki back into it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of fun. Uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and throw this. I, I saw a quote um, from November 13th, whenever this came out, that Feige had say, stated that the film was intended to be a, a conclusion to the Loki trilogy, um, where it kind of went through Thor and Loki's relationship throughout um, Thor, the Avengers, and then this film. And I, I, I find that interesting because, for one, I guess with this movie, too, they were like, audiences love Loki still because mm-hmm. obviously he's come back again. Um, and I really don't remember the rest of the series uh, for Phase 2, like what comes out next. Uh, but obviously he's back again, and uh, Ragnarok is a big part of that. And uh, But I think that's interesting to um, to think about this from like Loki's perspective, um, I think that'd be fun to maybe watch those movies with like, uh, from his point of view as, as him being the hero or of his own story and mm-hmm. watching like his rise through all this shitty stuff that he does basically, uh, would be kind of a fun experiment, but, um, I do like that he gets brought into it and not as the, the villain, uh, throughout it. Um, but Malekith is not a good replacement. It's also kind of, kind of like, uh, uh, Killian, you know, Aldrich from, from Iron Man three. It's, it's just kind of like, he's there. It doesn't. He's in one movie and that's it and it's whatever. So that was that was a big part of it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I was just kind of bored. Yeah, I was too. And that's disappointing because, like you had mentioned, Loki was in the previous Thor movie and then the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And it's such a strong villain up to this point. Yeah. The strongest villain uh, for all of the Marvel movies. And um, I was hoping that we'd get something a little bit more with uh, Malekith. Yeah. But nope, that wasn't the yeah. case. <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of Loki, um, I've got it noted down here. Uh, upon hearing upon, again, spoilers for this movie, uh, Freya's death, um, he puts on a front when he's in the, the, the gel under the, uh, mm. the, the throne room there. Uh, Thor goes to visit him, and uh, Loki has a, a, an illusion up that makes it look like everything's fine, and then Thor says, you know, cut the bullshit, I, I yeah. know you're not doing well, and then the illusion goes away, and we see that Loki is just sad as fuck <laughs> looking yeah. up against the wall <laughs> yeah. like all the furniture in the room is broken after he heard about his mother's death so um i loved that part of this movie is mm-hmm. it, it's, oh yeah you can see that even loki is affected by his mother's mm-hmm. uh passing yeah and he's he's one of the most compelling characters that's why he's such a good villain for the mcu that mm-hmm. he himself has such uh intriguing points about him and everything and that 
he can he portrays that to people that front or whatever but really he looks like really bad and that mm-hmm. scene like clearly uh very distraught um by it all and uh yeah it's a very good scene yeah and he's got a bloody foot for some reason i don't know what he, he really? did to, to bloody his foot but yeah like he's <laughs> he's got his uh his naked hoof out there and oh, uh, you oh, see man. blood on the uh the don't show brandy <laughs> no no <laughs> to freak out punch the screen oh man um so uh, let's see here. Um, like you mentioned, there's a, a cameo of, of Captain America whenever uh, Loki is is uh, walking with Thor because they're going mm-hmm. going to go on a mission together. Um, and I like the uh, the way that that worked out in the movie because mm-hmm. it's, it's purely there for fun. Yeah, um, yeah. And I don't even mm-hmm. know if Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth were on the same set together because it kind of <laughs> yeah. seems like it was filmed separately and then composited together. Uh-huh. But um, could be. It's just, just a super fun scene of uh, yeah. Chris Evans there. Yep. <laughs> okay. I pulled a print. <laughs> um, so um, one thing that makes me sad about this movie is that this is the last time we actually see Jane Foster in the MCU. Yeah. Unless they bring her back for a later movie. But at this point, we uh, we don't see her again. And it mm-hmm. uh, bumps me out because uh, I like Natalie Portman as an actress. Yeah, uh, she's very easy on the eyes beyond that. Mm-hmm. But also in the comics, spoilers for the current Thor comics, but she actually picks up Thor's hammer and becomes the oh. female version of Thor. Oh, and that's fun. It is so fucking awesome how they do it. She uh, mm-hmm. is diagnosed with cancer at mm-hmm. a certain point, and you think she's dying. She's eventually able to pick up Thor's hammer, like I mentioned, and then um, she becomes healthy. She's like a, a much bigger, stronger female version of herself, mm. not female version of herself, but a stronger, like female <laughs> Thor I, I version of it. herself. And, yeah. um, the, the issue with that is that every time she changes into Thor, she wipes out all of the good that her chemotherapy does. So mm. it's kind of like Wolverine. Whenever he extracts his claws, he has mm-hmm. to feel pain. like there's a, a bit of sacrifice that comes with it. Every time she turns into Thor, she just ruins things for herself and uh, makes her cancer worse. So huh. it's really cool. Um, cool take on on that type of character yeah so, yeah no that but, would have been that would be neat yeah because i yeah. like her a lot yeah i like her yeah. character i like her as an actress um i'd forgotten about how not only that she's in this because i haven't seen this movie in a while and like you know the rest of the movies that she's not in i'd seen so much um i've forgotten that she's like a, a huge part of this movie <laughs> she's like <laughs> one of the big you know conceits of the movie that she's mm-hmm. uh she has the ether as like a part of her body or whatever so um, I was like, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah, she's she's all up in this movie. Um, yeah. The <laughs> the next thing I wanted to mention is uh, hand watch. So we do see Loki <laughs> sever Thor's hand uh, when they go to the dark world, and mm. um, we find out it's an illusion. But still, we we see Thor's hand getting cut off. Um, beyond that. Uh, Malekith actually loses both of his hands later in the movie, so mm-hmm. they're just making sure that <laughs> this is an homage to uh, Empire. That's so, so funny. You do get that. Um, the The portal fight at the end, the end of this movie, uh-huh. I thought was really well done. Uh, yes. And it's, it's a, a pretty fun fight as well, especially when yeah. um, Thor throws his hammer through Malekith and it goes yes. through a portal that he was standing in and, and it flies off. Um, and then it, <laughs> I like that the hammer has to like change direction a uh-huh. couple of times. Um, but it's uh, really funny. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It's, and then I, I, 
Oh, I was just saying, that's one of my notes, too, that, that that fight was really inventive. I was watching it, I had been bored through the movie, and I got to that point, and I was like, all right, this is really cool. Because they kept going through, like, different angles mm-hmm. and falling in different places, and it was really fun, uh, inventive, and it was really good um, effects for what I thought, uh, mm-hmm. switching back and forth. But I love the hammer, because it comes back to, like, to Earth, I think, at one point, and it just goes into space. Yep. To go to, and I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And then he has to, like, wait for it to come back later on, and it comes back to Earth and stuff. It was cool. You can almost hear a voice with the hammer. It's like, I'm coming. <laughs> it's like when people there. add like the little like uh, that people um, do like real life doodles. They'll like do like little gifts and stuff where they draw like faces on different things and it makes them funny or whatever. Like I can see that until they like put a little face on them, put a little voice and be like, I'm coming, Thor. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> oh, you moved. God damn it. <laughs> Change of direction. Change it around. Um, and... Uh, Let's see. Kat Dennings was in this movie as Darcy again. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out on uh, on Darcy. She, oh my God, she could I, not return. That'd be great. That'd be fine. I, I was pretty annoyed by her appearance this time. Yeah. Um, she, like she didn't really do anything to to help anything. Um, she had a love interest, which helped nothing with the plot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I didn't really care for him either. But I know. He was less annoying. Like she she only existed there to uh, say something funny and then. Yeah half like smile through half that performance you know yeah like uh her line delivery that was uh was not great not great the, i'm still partial for some reason i think it actually is stupid but i for some reason i crack up every time when she says mew mew and yeah. when it flied it flied when it flew right back by her and she's like mew mew yeah. kind of like we're saying like it, putting a voice on it it was it cracked me up again uh, yeah. but otherwise yeah she's pretty pointless in the movie like i don't know why they think she's really good at comic relief she's not Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it doesn't really fit with me. Yeah. In, in the first Thor movie, I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. But now I'm like, really uh-uh. though? Yeah. Uh-uh. Don't come back. You, no. you're, we want Jane back, but not you. Yeah. And Eric. I love Eric. Yeah. Jane yeah. and Eric. That's, that's really all we need. We don't need yeah. all these extra, <laughs> extraneous characters. And I, I totally forgot about her, uh, her intern, the intern of the intern, yeah. um, being in this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't really... Why? Why? Yeah, that's pointless. <laughs> totally pointless. Yeah, it's totally pointless. Um, at, a, at a certain point, uh, he has to pretend to be Eric Selvig's son, but she could have mm. just pretended to be his daughter. So, <laughs> yeah, didn't think about that. Doesn't it's make weird. fucking sense. I do love Eric in this movie. He like uh, he has, doesn't have pants on for like an entire scene. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of times. A couple of times in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And when they're they're like they like plan all this stuff and they're doing all this science like very like important scene and then he's just like I need to put on my pants. Uh, <laughs> I like his his comic relief was great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He, yeah. He did a lot better. Um. And and I like him being um being in shock himself after yes. uh, the Battle of New York as well. Yeah. Um. And uh, he mentioned something about being possessed by a god as, as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I like that connective tissue there. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so that's pretty much all I've got on the, the movie itself. Um, uh-huh. the, the, this movie has a mid-credits and post-credits scene. Yeah. Um, the mid-credits scene is the first hint we get at the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which happens later in uh, Phase 2. Um where both Sif and Volstag go to um, give something to the collector. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Was it the ether that they gave to him? I thought so, and I had forgotten about that by the time I got to... I forgot the scene existed by the time I got to see Guardians. So oh, I yeah. was like, is that the thing that they open? Or is, is there something with that in Guardians? I can't remember. Or is that just at the they, collector's still? 
man, I don't know. I don't remember. This will be interesting. I, I, I was tempted to go back and rewatch, but then I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm probably yeah. Not that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we get to see the collector, uh, which is Benicio del Toro, and uh, this I guess the scene was directed by James Gunn, and mm. I remember hearing that Alan Taylor didn't like that this was in the movie uh, because oh, he yeah. didn't direct it himself, and he just felt weird about it, which is understandable, I guess, mm-hmm. um, from from that standpoint, uh, but um, it's in there, and yeah. uh, you're going to have to live with it. Um, let's yeah. see here. Uh, according to Wikipedia, yes, uh, they're taking the ether to the collector, entrusting it mm-hmm. to his uh, to his care, but it seems like they've got a different Infinity Stone. Oh, yes, the, the Infinity Stone that uh, um, they find in... Um, or that Peter finds in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, is it that thing? Yeah. Okay. So I have to figure out. Yeah, how that all plays out. I, that's one so of I the guess things. He's got two stones at a certain point. The collector. Yeah. Yeah. So I I lose track of the stones thing, which is really important for Infinity War. So this would be really interesting for me because I'm a huge fan of these, but I I lose track of where they're at and like I just didn't pay as much attention to them going through. I I more just care about the connective movies and stuff. So. It'd be really interesting, yeah, to trace this back. I know I've been reading some articles um, that kind of trace where they're, each of them are at and everything. Um, so I'll definitely need to look at those before uh, Infinity War to figure out all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we see the collector, and uh, he's uh, he's weird, just yep. straight up weird. And when I first saw this, it looked odd to me, like mm-hmm. especially compared to uh, the movie itself. Uh, it, it just has a, like a different visual aesthetic to it. Yeah. Um, but upon rewatching it, it totally fits in with James Gunn's style. Yeah, yeah. So it still, it looks good, but in a uh-huh. different way, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, the first time I saw this, I was worried. I was like, oh shit, Guardians is going to look yeah. dumb. But, uh, well, I think we know, that no, it doesn't. Sif and the other, I can't remember the other guy's name that show up with that. They, Bullstag. they look weird in his place, especially yeah. after you just saw, the movie, The Dark World, and them in that world, and it doesn't fit. So they, they looked really like, almost like costumes that they mm-hmm. were wearing instead of like, the, in the movie it looked really good, but in there it looked like kind of different. So uh, yeah, the different aesthetic didn't really fit. I think that was part of it for me was that merging those two in the after credit scene didn't really work. But yeah, when you when you compare it to Guardians, it, it matches. So yeah, yeah. Which is cool. So, And then uh, finally we get a post credit scene where we see Thor come back to Earth and reunite with Jane. And then also there is a uh, giant ice monster that uh, is uh, essentially a cat chasing birds. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. So. so you guys get that. You're welcome. Yeah. So uh, we, we know Thor's back on Earth at this point in the MCU. And, yeah. uh, and so that kind of ties into uh, where he picks up with uh, Age of Ultron, I guess. Okay. Um, so a couple things uh, we didn't say that at the at the end of the movie Thor is talking to Odin and he declines the throne and says like, he needs to be at earth on earth, whatever. And like he, his, his role is not to be the King right now or whatever. Uh, and then it, it's revealed that Odin is actually Loki and, uh, Loki wasn't dead and, uh, that he had died on that other planet or whatever, but, um, that he's actually alive. So that was part of the thing when, when, uh, Feige had said that statement about this being like an end of that. It's like, clearly he's, it's not going to be, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's going to survive that and everything. So, um, uh, again, I'm intrigued to see where the rest of the films go that I've, I've kind of forgotten how they're all tied together and everything. But, uh, um, so that happened. And then, uh, I think it's cool. Yeah. To kind of set Thor up where he's at. So, um, 
Well, yeah. one thing I'm I'm excited about is he's going to be Loki is going to be in Infinity War, um, mm. at least at a certain point because we know at the end of Ragnarok, uh, we see spoilers for Ragnarok again. Yeah. Uh, we see Thor and Loki uh, flying toward Earth, and we know they get intercepted. But we've also seen Loki. Uh, he has an appearance in the trailer, the Infinity War mm. trailer. Um, and that's that's exciting because he's the only one that really knows who Thanos is yeah. as far as, well, beyond the Guardians, uh, mm-hmm. essentially. But um, he's actually interacted with Thanos yeah, at yeah. a certain point. So, yeah, I think that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it also makes me point. worried for what could happen to his character. Yeah. But, you know, if according to what uh, Kevin Feige said, that that three film trilogy could be like his overall character arc maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like it got transferred over a little bit to Ragnarok as well, mm-hmm. but maybe um, infinity war com- completes that, that yeah. arc perhaps, but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll have to That'd be interesting. See. Yeah. I, just, I think it's cool to, to think of it that way and look at it from his point of view, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this one and then look at back at whatever five movies or whatever that he's in and, and think about that. That is his arc. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it'd be kind of fun, yeah, to kind of go back and think about it from that point of view, just kind of different, because um, yeah. everybody's everybody's the hero of their story or whatever, and so it's I, have, I don't really look at like I don't care as much to look at this from Hawkeye's point of view. You could say um, I get a little bits of that whenever he's there, but uh, like Loki is such an interesting character, so that's kind of a cool cool yeah. idea. Yeah. Again, no ice powers on display. All right. So <laughs> let's move on to uh, to the uh, the ratings. We'll we'll start with Rotten Tomatoes first. Cool. If you want to yeah. run through that. So uh, this has a sixty six percent compared to the first Thor, which had a seventy seven percent, and the Incredible Hulk has a sixty seven. So that uh, officially shit. makes Thor: The Dark World the lowest score uh, in the whole MCU. So oh my god, I can't Woo! believe that. <laughs> this is definitely not not as bad as the incredible hulk that no. that should be flipped for sure yeah. but uh i kind of am cool with that that score i really don't know that just like the incredible hulk i don't know that i'll ever go back to see this i i went into this movie if people recall that i had liked this movie um, when i first saw it more than it seemed most people did I, this generally is looked at as the worst thor movie i think but um i had liked it and uh i went into it thinking that and then i watched it and i was like nope this is probably why i haven't ever watched it again because it's pretty boring <laughs> And I didn't really like a lot of, like, they had a cool few things, but very few um, that yeah. I really cared to see again. Like, that, that fight scene was pretty much it. That's the only really note I wrote down, so. Had you ever, or had you seen this movie multiple times before this rewatch, or was it just so. the one time at the theater? I don't remember it being just, like, one time. I feel like I've seen okay. it at least twice. So it wasn't like, yeah, like a one-time fluke. i definitely seen it again, but... Uh, I don't remember when or like how soon afterwards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I haven't revisited it in years. So it definitely was either like 2013, 2014 since the last time I saw it. And uh, yeah, and it, it didn't it, it didn't do much for me this time. So that was uh, an interesting thing, an interesting experiment. But uh, for me, it was uh, this one I would say is kind of Sam Adams, got to say. Yeah, I agree. This is Sam yeah. Adams all the way. Um, Man. It's disappointing, but yeah. it's it's true as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's just uh, so much working against this movie that mm. uh, it's just it's just kind of okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's how the normies would say it. It's there just you okay. go. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So let's ask the audience what they thought of Iron Man three and Thor: The Dark World. And uh, if you want to give us your opinions, 
I fucking dare you to. Oh, uh, wow. Let us know via email, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, again, the email is let's talk about stuff at Gmail. I'm sorry, let's talk, talk about stuff podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we even do it. <laughs> Saved it. No, <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, our Instagram and Twitter are both yeah. LTAS pod. Now, next week, um, we don't have this on the, the schedule here or on the, the script, but uh, I believe we're going to do some Oscar talk. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Uh, at so least we'll, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll do some uh, some Oscar talk since those are the Oscars are next weekend. Next they Sunday, um, right? gosh, yeah, got to be right. Shit. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, I think we're yeah we're gonna be recording that morning, so we'll mm-hmm. be I'll just be saying and you can jump in wherever if you've seen any of them. But I, I am gonna try to watch the uh, the most of the best picture nominees over the next week. Uh, and then how many uh, nominees are there? Nine. I've seen two. So I have a lot to catch up on. Um, <laughs> I'll do my best. So you have to watch um, Bad Mom's Christmas. Got to watch that one uh, probably twice to get all my notes down. Uh, <laughs> once for pleasure, once for notes. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so a little bit of that. Just uh, So it'll be us talking about, even though the show will come out after the Oscars, it'll be us talking about like what uh, our or what I think will be the winners or what I think things will, will lay. I, I always like to do a... Um, two different ballots every year. I do one that I um, think will win. It's just my best guess. If I was like a, a betting man, I would I would put that out there. And then ones I really want to win, um, I kind of just put my heart on my sleeve. So uh, I'll probably uh, share those those lists. I usually do those and send them to my, my brother Danny uh, for his Oscar party every year. And uh, they do prizes and stuff, which is fun. So I'll probably just run through that. And then the following week, we'll probably hit up you know the actual winners and talk about that just a little bit. So Okay. That'd be fun. Um, do you know the uh, the next Marvel movie in the list as well? Boy, do I. Do I, uh, Steven? Listeners? Oh. That's my hands rubbing together because I'm so excited <laughs> to rewatch Captain America the Winter Soldier. Oh, fuck yes. Man. God, I'm so excited. This is a, a big injection of, like you said, fuck yes into yeah. the MCU Phase 2. Um, these first two MCU Phase 2 movies are Fair to Midland uh, yeah. or uh, Hands to Sam Adams. But um, fair to Midgard. Holy shit, Captain America: Winter Soldier. This yeah. is where it kicks off. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. I'm so pumped now. Wow, I didn't realize that was next. Yep, yep. So we've got that, and then I believe Guardians after that, and then <sighs> Age of Ultron, uh, which will be That's awesome. We'll, we'll be doing a, a type of double feature there. Yeah. And then uh, oh yeah yeah. Eh, Ant Man. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, the only thing I'll say about that. I, I wish they would have just started and that, like done the. I, I wish the Avengers movies just capped off. I think that's totally fine. I think mm-hmm. it's cool they're trying something different. They did the first phase, ended with the Avengers. They did the second phase, and like you know what, we're just gonna tack on another one for fun, and then make you wait like two years for the next movies or whatever, yeah. or maybe a year. I'm not even sure how long it was, but uh, it was kind of cool. Uh, I don't really like how it plays out though, because it feels kind of lackluster. Even though I like Ant Man overall, yeah. um, it feels like Age of Ultron would have been a better punching ending you know to the to the mm-hmm. phase two so yeah it, it definitely feels like the movies kind of sandwich in the middle of phase two are the yeah the better ones but, yeah for sure um or are they maybe we're just talking about hey. asses. we don't you know, know. <laughs> let us know <laughs> i'm excited to watch uh winter soldier so much though because i've been going through these and I'll, i've been rewatching um iron man 2 a lot i've been watching the avengers a lot and been watching captain america the first one uh, a lot and uh and so I've been wanting to watch more movies like in the background, and I've been really wanting to watch the, the Winter Soldier, but I, I was like, I can't watch it until I watch uh, Iron Man 3 and until I watch Thor. So uh, now mm-hmm. that that's done, I'll be able to actually like put that in rotation, which would be super fun. So that one's, yeah. that one's really exciting. 
It is. Now, just a, a future hand watch spoiler. This oh. one is a little bit more subtle. We don't see someone's arm actually being taken off, but we do see that uh, the Winter Soldier is missing an arm. So okay, that's yeah. the, uh, the, I guess, a, a technicality of sorts for that. Yeah. But uh, it's in there. It's in there. I was wondering if Bucky fit into that, but I was trying to think back, and I was like, you don't really see him lose his arm, though. But uh, that no. makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. No. Hand but, watch. Uh, <laughs> 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, man. So, uh, so uh, what are we doing? Well, yeah, we're wrapping we're it up. Close the show. That's, that's what we're doing. So, um, <laughs> definitely rate and review us on your uh, iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast app is. And if you've done so, and it's not on iTunes, maybe send us a, a picture or something because uh, we would like to see it, but uh, we just can't because mm-hmm. we're we're not we're not on any of the other services. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know how to see those. Just let us know. Yeah. Uh, also, you can follow Stephen on Letterboxd and Twitter at StephenFisher22, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brent Hibbard. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's going to do it. So, All right. anything mm-hmm. in conclusion? Uh, no, I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a two and a half hour session. It was good, though. We had a lot of good <laughs> moments in there. Went longer than I expected, but it was a lot of fun. So, I yep. uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, so, yeah, until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Brent. And let's, let's talk let's later. later. Do 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 do. Let's talk later. (laughs) (laughs) And today's sync word will be Big Bunny. Okay. I like that. I just saw the Big Bunny. Yep. So Big Bunny on three. One, two, three. Big Big Bunny. Bunny. Then we're back. Hey. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff Radio. This is your host, Stephen and Brent. I was gonna, yeah, I was well, gonna, I was gonna go way too hard there. <laughs> it could be an outtake just for us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember our nicknames from a while back. Milk toast. I think and, it was mine. Uh, yeah, do, <laughs> do morning radio. Do morning radio, Stephen. Do your your morning radio introduction. And welcome back to Let's Talk About Stuff Radio with Milk Toast. And I'm just digular Rex. Rawr. <laughs> that rawr was so funny. Oh, that was great. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Task Radio. <laughs> Why did you guys have a howl in there? I don't know. The button was already clicked. I didn't know. I just went with it. <laughs> it's radio, bitch. Don't worry about it. It's important this is all on the podcast. I mean, I'm putting in the outtakes. Okay. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Okay. Outtakes. <laughs> that was great. You did this to yourself. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of anything funny at all. Aldrich. Aldrich. All right. You want to count us down? Sure. I was gonna. I was going to, but I never do. So. <laughs> I don't know how to count. You want to break? <laughs> you want to break the streak? All I right. will. I will. I'll do it. You do. Okay. Yeah, I'll break the streak. <clears throat> do you count down or count up? I don't even know. Man, I'm like overthinking this. <laughs> Either way, you got three words and then we say it. One, two, three. Aldrich. Hello, I'm Aldrich. You want to start? Go ahead. (laughs)
so fun. Okay. Uh, so, Thor, The Dark World came it's out like in 2013. You, it's like you threatened to do something. <laughs>